Jigs and Bigs is proud to announce we're being supported by Old Glory Outdoors. They're a veteran-owned company that carries fishing and hunting gear. Plus, they're highly active in supporting veteran organizations and charities. Old Glory is an authorized dealer of favorite rods, FX rods, Guggenbaits, X-Zone lures, Sixth Sense, and many more. There's a brick-and-mortar store located in East Brookfield, Massachusetts, but you can also order online at oldgloryoutdoors.com. They ship anywhere in the lower 48 states or order online and pick up at the store. When you order, use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS and you'll save 10% off your complete order. Plus, you'll help support the show. Make sure to check out the apparel line called OGO Gear while you're there. Old Glory Outdoors believes in the slogan, start them young, to keep kids away from screens and enjoying nature. They've got a full array of live bait too. Check out oldgloryoutdoors.com and use the promo code JIGSANDBIGS, save some money, and gear up now. What's up, everybody? Hope you had a Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, it's Bobby Roast Beef, and I got Sean the Fisherman with me. It's Jigs and Bigs, post-holiday edition. This is the Christmas vacation edition, I suppose, uh, for, uh, well, I mean, some of some of our listeners, I'm sure, have Christmas vacation. Other ones, we've been on va- permanent vacation for quite some while, for quite a while. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How was your holiday? Holiday was good. It was really good. You know, there was a lot of talk about how how weird everybody thought that the holiday was going to be because of the, you know, the restrictions on gatherings and everything else. But I got to tell you, I had a great time. Um, I know it was a little bit awkward. We had a couple of Zooms with family. Uh, one of them went was just a total snafu, technical glitches all over the place. And the other one was, was, was all right. But uh, I think, honestly, I, I think... I think that actually kind of made it a little bit more weird, the Zoom meetings. Like, I felt like I was recording a podcast. Really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I was, it was a little bit uh, weird, but uh, I think everything else was really fantastic. So it was good. The kids had a great Christmas. My, uh, my family, what, two, two years ago, I think we started this uh, five-gift uh, like sort of regimen where we broke down gifts into different categories. And yep. uh, it made, first off, it made shopping for the kids great uh, because then we got to sort of like put different compartments into what they were getting. But also, like, we weren't just buying them junk. You know what I mean? Like, just to like throw a bunch of presents at them. So it was pretty cool. My uh, my kids are very, very happy. My wife's very happy. My parents are very happy. Everybody's so everybody's happy. How about you? Well, we, we, you know, obviously with the coronavirus still raging, we, uh, we kept it in the uh, within restrictions and just yep. had my mom and dad, and my brother. My brother lives with my parents, so he's we're all together. And then my sister and her uh, husband stopped in. So, I mean, we had a good time, but it was definitely different. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, I honestly, honestly, for most of the night, um, I undertook a bit of a a family chore that needs to be you know done at some point or another. My parents have two gigantic. I don't know what they are. 10 to 15 gallon plastic bins full of mm-hmm. photographs from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Okay. Mostly, but we found uh some of my grandparents' pictures dated as early as 1929. So Holy crap. Yeah, I'm in the process of I actually got um <clears throat> most of them had envelopes 
that came from the developers. Yep. Oh, that's, that's just, helpful. Yeah. So, but it's only helpful to control the photos. I mean, they've been mixed up over time and oh, yeah. um, duplicates all over the place of this, that, and the other thing. So what we did last night was my mom, my brother, and, uh, and my wife and I all sat down and went through them and just started really writing down what was what. And, and the value of this is uh, involving my parents. Um, at some point, we're going to get to a point where nobody's going to know who some of these acquaintances and friends are from the past. Exactly. You know, I already am in the dark on some of the you know folks from the 60s and 70s that are in these pictures. But, yeah, we're going through them and we're just kind of documenting everything. And, you know, I kind of regard myself as a librarian or at least somewhat of a family historian. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just kind of roll through that. That's so awesome. I say I say somewhat. I've got a, I've got another couple of relatives who really dig deep on the family tree. Yep. I kind of deal with what we have. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So Definitely. that was uh, that was yesterday, and we ate a a shit ton of food. And as you, I just showed you before we started uh, <laughs> recording that I have some leftover cranberry bread my wife made that is just absolutely uh, killer. So I'm nice getting big on that this week. So uh, well, I'm glad you brought up food. Um, we ate like gluttons <laughs> this whole week. I, I really, really, really have to get back on that since actually, since the whole quarantine started, I've stopped counting calories and I've been doing okay. But then the holidays have been bad news. <laughs> holidays have been very bad news. So I got to get back on the horse and, uh, and, and, and get on that. But I'm glad you brought up food because I was yesterday after we had done, you know, Christmas morning festivities and the kids were opening their presents and uh, my wife was, you know, had spiked my coffee liberally with uh, this very, very good Irish cream from Cork, Ireland. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're enjoying some of that and uh, getting breakfast all handled. I decided I'd come down and get in front of this, uh, this, this clip show that we're organizing right here, the best of 2020. So I went through a bunch of the clips and I was itemizing some things. So I'm down here in the disco dungeon doing what Bobby do. Um, which sounds sinister, but it's it's just editing. And then my uh, my wife is up in the kitchen, and for Christmas Day, it was just in agreement from both my sister and my folks that we were instead of doing a huge dinner, we're just everybody's going to make a couple of different appetizers, and we're just going to kind of like graze and just kind of hang out. So she was working on uh, the items that we had that were in in theory very very simple. We were doing a uh, a blue cheese stuffed date that's wrapped in bacon. Um, these are amazing, absolutely delicious. And that was pretty simple. So she was, she was up there working on that. And then her other idea, she wanted to do a traditional French meat pie, which is one of my favorite items in the world. In fact, I used to ask my grandmother for one every year as a, uh, for Christmas. And, uh, my parents thought I was, you know, just kind of being, you know, thoughtful and everything, you know, like, Oh no, she can just make this. She doesn't have to go out and like buy much, whatever. You know, it's like, she does this stuff anyway. No, no, no. Like she just made a killer French meat pie. And my my wife knows I'm a big fan, so she wanted to go go to town with this and, and and give it a go. So she made the filling, and the filling came out. It just slapped. It was so good, spot on. Like bringing back memories of childhood. Like really great. Well, she wanted to take our plan was just to kind of take the easy way out and use a frozen crust. But uh, when we had defrosted the crust, she wants to go roll it out. And keep in mind, I'm in I'm in the basement now, right underneath her in the kitchen, working on this. And uh, I, she goes to unroll the crust, and it starts like like coming apart. It was uh, basically just breaking apart. She's like losing her mind, and all I can hear is just like loud, excessive swearing coming from over <laughs> overhead. It was so entertaining. 
And I, I go upstairs and I was like, hey, can I help you? And I got the eye daggers of all di- eye daggers. No. Well, I got to tell you, she ended up making her own pie crust and awesome. did that in place. And that thing came out awesome. It came out so unbelievably good. The very last slice of it, I was able to keep and I had it for breakfast this morning. My God, it is so good. There's nothing that makes me happier than French meat pie with a big, thick slice of cranberry jelly right on top. It's so good. It's good stuff. Oh, my God. It's like my favorite thing in the world. So anyway, that's that's like my big food like thing. I think it's pretty good. How was how did Santa treat you? Uh, Santa treated me pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, I only, I, 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 what I do is, um, every year I ask for Santa Claus from Santa Claus. A, uh, I, I put, you know, an Amazon wish list up because that's what Holly and I do. It's 2020 Santa Claus knows how to read. The, exactly. Read so, so uh, a lot of items come out of there. And honestly for Christmas, I really like getting, you know, music and yep. I like getting books. Yeah. So that's where that comes in. So I got quite a few music, uh, music items, quite a few books, and um, a couple fishing fishing items. So I did Very get nice. two large spools of Seaguar uh, and Visex, which was nice. Oh, that's great, I, man! Yeah. So I mean, you know the way I run through that crap. So getting a six, a couple six hundred yard spools was pretty nice. And what else did I get? No pun intended, but that'll go the distance. Yeah. Well. It yeah. Might. <laughs> Excuse me. That was Bless awful. You. I didn't have to, I didn't have time to hit mute on that one. Sorry. Um, no, but it was good. Uh, Santa Claus treated everybody in the house pretty good, and Great. we had an absolute blast. Uh, one of the big things I want to I want to do a little quick shout out for yep. this is this is a good little uh, shall we say Sean the present buyer story. We'll call that. Oh, okay. My oldest son is getting heavily into video games, and I understand that. And you know, we've talked about me being a gamer before. Sure. So I was thinking of a like a really original gift to get him and and was kind of coming up with nothing really. And then maybe about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I went through my bookmarks on my on my web browser. That's dangerous. Well, I was clearing them out. <laughs> and then I saw one that um a friend of mine that I was stationed with years ago. Yep. Uh was way into video games as well. And like two or three years ago, he decided to do a um what a crowdfunding thing, crowdfunding, set up a crowdfunding page yep. so that he could um, write a book, a complete checklist of pretty much every video game and system released in the world to that point. Uh, as I think it was as of 2017 or 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So he did that and he wrote the book and I totally forgot about the, the crowdfunding. I totally forgot to donate. I forgot, I forgot everything. Yeah. Right. I forgot. I literally forgot about this book until I saw my bookmark. I said, Oh, wonder if he published it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he went over his, his goal. He published the book. It's That's a cool. hardcover. And I, I, uh, I happened to message him and said, Hey man, hope things are well. Uh, I was clearing out my bookmarks and saw this and I think my son would love it. Do you have any copies left? Yeah. And he said, his response was, it is so weird that you texted me because I haven't talked to him in probably four years. Yeah. He said, it was so weird. You texted me. I was over my in-laws yesterday and found one last copy. No shit. Really? Yeah. So we got it. So what I asked him to do was I said, well, I gave him my son's name. I said, could you write, could you, as the author, could you write something on the, uh, the inner cover? Yeah. Something cool. And I gave him an example, like, Hey, so, you know, I'm not gonna say my son's name, but Hey, so-and-so, um, Hey, Sean, the Fisherman Jr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're, I hope you enjoy this book the way I enjoyed your dad whooping my ass at Mario Kart 64 for five years. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that was really, That's really great. nice. He That's did it. Great. He did, yeah, he did end up uh, writing something very nice in the cover. But the funny part about this is 
my buddy bears a very striking resemblance to George Clooney. Oh, really? Does, does it? Yeah, he's not as tall as George Clooney, but yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's close enough that, you know, military folks always get nicknames, and he was Clooney for the whole time I worked with him. Uh, okay, yeah. And if he ever messed up, I would just look at him and shake my head and go, God damn you, and Clooney. I, and no, and on top of that, you're the worst Batman ever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but not, not, not in a, uh, that is completely accurate. That no, is completely he, accurate. The worst it, Batman, yeah. It is. Yeah. And when he, well, I don't know. Affleck made a run at it, but whatever. I, I think Affleck did much better than, uh, than Clooney. Kilmer wasn't fantastic. <laughs> but he's better than Clooney. He was better than Clooney. So, yeah. So I'd like to thank my buddy Tristan for doing all that for, that's awesome. For our household for Christmas. It was awesome. And my, my son loves it to death. Nice. So. That's great. It's good it's, stuff. You know, we, yep. had, we had a big video game Christmas over here, too. My wife, my wife is a big gamer. And my youngest daughter is a big gamer. And uh, what's funny about the two of them is they're both into the same style of games heavily. And, and there's one game that they align on I, uh, spot on. And that's uh, Skyrim, specifically Elder Scrolls. Okay. And my youngest, what did she get? She got a pin, an a, a, like a Skyrim pin to put on her backpack or or on a a, a, a jacket or something like that. She got a, a necklace, a Skyrim necklace, uh, a book of of all Skyrim, like it's kind of like an encyclopedia. And then she also got a a, a Legend of Zelda encyclopedia as well. And awesome. there, there's a brand new uh, Legend of Zelda that I forget where in the lineup it shows up. Um, I forget Hyrule Revenge or something like that. That. She got that new game. It just came out for Switch not that long ago. Um, my wife, when did she get that? Was video game? Eight Cadence of Hyrule. That might be it. That's my son got it. This Santa brought that for my son. Yeah, yeah, it was a brand new one, and she's so psyched on that. So so psyched. Um, for me, fishing stuff. For for me, I uh, well, my wife and I. The last. So this is is this the last year? Nope, no. Nope, this is the first year we decided to do this. Last year we we decided we were only going to stuff each other's stockings. That was the plan. That's that's what we're going to do this year. We're limiting ourselves to stocking stuffers only. And I told her I said we can we can upsize on the items that we're putting in there, but I go, let's just, you know, th- this is all about the kids, you know. My oldest got an electric guitar, like coolest gift you can give a kid ever, like 16-year-old kid, psyched. And the first thing I was so so happy. First thing she started playing when she she plugged it in and tried out Zombie from the Cranberries. I saw that. I saw you threw that up on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, I'm like, that's awesome. Proud dad moment. So I was pretty psyched for that. Uh, I had uh, my my wish list was full of tungsten, and I think it's pretty safe to say that this year Bobby Roast Beef's Christmas was brought to you by Reaction Tackle, because nice. I I got more drop shot weights, flipping weights, worm weights. I got more shaky heads, a, a ton of those underspins, those quarter ounce tungsten underspins that I like. You name it. So I got terminal tackle up the wazoo, and I'm I'm psyched. I'm gonna actually probably the some point over this weekend go through my terminal tackle box and reorganize it, get some things together. I got plenty of time to do all that stuff. I still want you know I got reels to clean and everything else but and that was that was that was pretty much it oh no i take that back there's one other quasi fishing related uh gift that was given my uh my parents got my wife and i a vacuum sealer a food saver yeah and this is one of those like it's one of those items where we've talked about how great it would be to have one and i'll tell you like i have uh i've gone out before where i've gone fishing specifically to harvest and have you know fish in the freezer and i would go out and i you know i might catch like six or eight different fish and get home and and process them as you would and then when i storm i do the old school take a gallon size ziploc bag fill it full of water and freeze it so that they're 
frozen in them. But the problem with doing that is that then you have, you know, eight fillets, 12 fillets, all in this. Maybe you don't need all of those. You know, so and it, yeah, at the same time, sure, you could do, you know, smaller bags, but then you're just freezing X amount of water. It's just it's crazy. I think that this is going to be a better use uh, and a better way to effectively store uh, whatever, whatever, wh- whatever we need, really, which is pretty freaking cool. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be cool. Could be fun for some uh, catch and cook uh, projects down the road where maybe, you know, while I'm catching, I'm not necessarily going to do a, a cook right there, but, you know, do a cook sounds like i'm making meth you know what i'm talking about <laughs> i know what you're talking about and exactly. actually i do um i do my there's a there's a different way of vacuum sealing that i when i first started learning about this um vacuum sealers were still expensive it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like you were going out and getting one for 20 bucks and then the bags were like under five or whatever they are now yep exactly so what i do is i actually fill i, I fill a lobster pot with water mm-hmm. right and i'll use like a quart freezer bag with the zipper. I like the ones ones with the zippers on them. Yep. And I'll just buy the Walmart brand and I'll put the fish in there and you leave the thing open, maybe, I don't know, a third of the way and you push out as much air as you can. And then you drop it into the water. The water pressure pushes the rest of the air out and you just zip it underwater. None of the water gets in there. So it's the same thing as vacuum sealing. Um, It's not as perfect but yeah it's, it's good and i just i stick with that oh yeah but i i am jealous of everyone who uses vacuum vacuum sealers but i i'm just kind of set my ways on that one. Oh no absolutely absolutely i was just one of those things that we've always were like yeah you know what that that would be we definitely would get a lot of use we have a big chest freezer we've got a good size freezer in our kitchen we're like you know we should definitely take advantage of it you know and uh so that's 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 pretty cool i'm looking forward to using that had a good conversation with my dad uh when he was uh he was t- sharing a fishing story and i, I at the time we're sitting around drinking his homemade wine <laughs> that's another project that we're going to do as well i Boy. i said said to my wife i was like yeah let's make some wine and do that for gifts for our friends next year she's like that's a really good idea you know, just do like a, a five to ten gallon batch and do that. But this was really good. He did a Chianti and it was dynamite. So we're after dinner on Christmas Eve. We we're having this conversation. He was telling me the story about uh, this will tie into something I wanted to bring up anyway. So he told me this story about him and his buddies used to go up to Champlain all the time. And I guess this one day there were it was just pouring rain and it was just crazy windy. So they they didn't go up fishing that day. So they went into town and they stopped by this bait shop and they were talking to this one guy that was in there and uh, they were talking about how how I guess how good the pike bite was. And you know they're like the guy asked him. He's like, yeah. He's like, you guys ever ever eat pike? And he's like, yeah, I have. But you know, filleting it's such a pain in the ass. You know, I just I can't get it right. And the guy says to him, he goes, well, if you get on any good pike, he's like, bring them back here and I'll give you. Guys, a little lesson on how it's done. So they caught a beast. They ended up ended up with like a little over five pounds of pike meat. And oh. they go and they bring the fish over there. And the guy comes over and he does the fillet for him. This is in the back of the bait shop. And he wheels out a little fry daddy, a little station, so he knows what's up. Oh and, yeah. And he's like between he's like them. It was it was the three of them, and then this other couple of customers that were in the back. Between all of them, they they ate the entire take. Fried the whole thing in the back of the store, ate the entire thing. I'm like, all right, that's pretty awesome. But here's what's funny about my dad, my uh, my dad's buddy. So he's a, uh, I don't know if he does a whole lot. He used to be a pig farmer, and uh, nice dude. I mean, I, I I I've I've known this guy forever. So <laughs> he just discovered Jigs and Bigs. 
And I love that. So Roy, if you're listening, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. But lately I have been getting so oddly, oddly enough, and keep in mind, you know, I'm not going to throw his age out there, but, uh, you know, my, my dad, uh, is, is um, a little up there in years and, and and Roy's right in that ballpark. I have been getting, uh, Facebook messages from Roy (laughs) with TikToks that he thinks are funny. (laughs) And they are hilarious, but I'm like, talk about not being the target audience for that social media group. First thing that came to mind, I'm like, Roy, you're on TikTok? What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> when you started talking, I, th- I thought he was going to be sending you messages while, you know, listening to the show or something. Yeah, no, no, his no, 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 on, no. on topics. He's sending you TikToks. <laughs> He's just All right. sending me TikToks. All right, whatever. Uh, Each their own. It was America. What was it? It was Wednesday. (laughs) I was hosting trivia, and I was setting my gear up Wednesday night, and then boom, uh, I get this message. I was like, holy crap. Uh, One thing, a shameless plug. It's been 39 episodes. I haven't done this yet. Uh, if you guys are, are looking for something to do on uh, New Year's Eve and you're you're limited in what you can do, if you're in this Springfield, Mass area, I am hosting a, a big fat speed quiz of the year. Uh, the way it works, it's open to come in. Anybody can play for free, absolutely, but we're doing a winner-take-all pool, and I will have links available on my Bobby Rose Beef stuff. Shoot me a DM, and I'll get you information for it, but it's going to be a winner-take-all cash prize. Uh, it's it, it's going to be pretty awesome. So we're, we're going to do that. That's, that's uh, New Year's eve and it's uh early because we've got to be done by 9 30 so it'll be a 7 p.m event Where, where's that at that's at nathan bills in springfield nathan got bills it. nice and what's nice about nathan bills is is that they have um a banquet room as well the tj uh tj sullivan uh banquet facility that has about 100 person capacity in there but when they open that up they're connected they're able to kind of with the new restrictions for seating and capacity they're able to sort of expand their footprint a little bit so i'm going to cater toward that and put remote speakers in places so everybody can be socially distanced and all that stuff it'll be it'll just be a whole lot of fun so you say that's did you say 39 episodes? This is episode 39. Yeah, I think this is I think this is this is either 39 or 40. We did this for 40 times. We, we did this 40 times. Oh yep. my god. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. Time flies when you're having fun, huh? That's what I'm saying, dude. Like this is it's been it's been a, a great great show. Like this whole thing has been absolutely killer. Um and and it's awesome. And actually, that's the perfect segue right into the purpose of the show. This is the 2020 retrospective. We're going to look back at some of our favorite moments. I think it's going to be great. You and I had come up with, we said we were going to pick five each, yeah. Right? And somehow we have thirteen clips in here, so that should tell you we've got some good stuff. And and on top of that, I think you, <laughs> I sent you a message. Our memories are shot. I, I remember stuff like I, I was going back into like October, November episodes, going, oh, I forgot we did that. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, man. And and, and so honestly, some of the <clears throat> some of the earlier episodes, the spring and the summer ones. I think we were still getting our feet under us and there's funny stuff in there, but it's more, it's, you know, it's more developmental, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I went through a lot of stuff, but it's all good. We, I, you know, we made a list and we, uh, we, ch- we checked it twice. <laughs> we did. We did. And we certainly found out who was naughty and who was nice. There was no nice. Yeah. They're just assholes. There was, it's true. We're pretty much just, <laughs> oh, I do. Hey, one, la- one last thing I want to do say before we jump into yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am going this afternoon after we're done recording to check ice levels. We had a lot of rain. We did. And, and 60 uh, degree uh, temperatures. Yeah. And I found um, before all this, this got heat wave, um, before the heat wave happened, I found five and a half inch thick ice 
mm. up to shears. Yeah. I was very excited to possibly go fish it tomorrow. Well, I'm going to recheck it after this shit because I I'm not risking my own ass I, or anybody no, else around exactly. me. Exactly. So. I'm actually yeah. I'm not available for tomorrow. I've got uh, I'm booked up. I won't be able to make it regardless. But I am interested to know if there is actually even safe ice, you know, and 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 how it's going to play out. We'll see. Yeah, I'll send you a text tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good. That's sounds- it. Sorry, I, I cut in on that. I wanted to squeeze it in, and we started. We segued into the. The best of 2020, but oh no, no worries, no worries at all. You know how this goes. We can we yeah. there's there's tangents. There's you know clearly some something's working for us. We so, we might rename this jigs and tangents. Jigs jigs and tangents. Because <laughs> <laughs> period well periodically we catch bigs, but um, yeah. Couple of things that I do want to mention before we start going through the breakdown list of of some of the uh, the items here, and I completely had a brain fart where the hell I was going with that. Oh no 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 no. So uh, some of you might have noticed. I remember now. Chris, you all right? I kind of, do I have time to go get a coffee right now? Christmas Eve, I had made a post uh, for the Jigs and Bigs. Uh, well, it was kind of a, a special episode, really. Uh, it was a, a roundtable. We discussed this in the, the, the episode last Tuesday, the regularly scheduled episode. Uh, we released the roundtable episode with myself, Brian, and Bailey, and Andrew. Uh, those are uh, their, their hosts of amazing fishing podcast paddle and fin serious angler and tackle talk uh we had a little roundtable discussion and went went about 90 minutes uh in, in total and it was it was a great conversation it was a good conversation to have uh it was especially good if you kind of are into content creation regardless of if you're a podcaster or your format is youtube or your uh, content creator on instagram or tiktok or anything it was kind of a great sort of conversation about that side of things and we rarely really dive into the the real guts of all that stuff so we talked a little bit about like you know motivation and and the sort of like the rewards that we get out of this what keeps us going it was a really great conversation big shout out and thank you to those guys i gave it a listen because i just wanted to kind of put um our our brand on it our open and stuff so i gave it another listen i said this came out really really fantastic i know you listened to it sean and uh you gave me some feedback about it all as well um, and there's a couple of things that come up, and I'll, uh, we'll, as we go through our clips of 2020 that we chose, there's a couple of things that we kind of touched on in there that will show up in some of these clips, and I might make reference to that as we kind of go along. Cool. Yeah, I did listen to it. I thought it was great. Um, and a lot of the times, you know, if we we got to once again we pull back the beef curtain a little bit here, the. Uh, you know, you're responsible for a lot of the editing and and you and I have talked more and more about me getting more involved in in the future, but yeah, no, that was completely educational. Um, I thought it was great, man. Yeah. You, you really, you, you showed up, you did your thing as usual and it's always top notch. Yeah. I thought it, it was, was nice. Yeah. It was nice to hear the other podcasters give us, um, both you and I some compliments on that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, they're just they're 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 great dudes. Definitely check out those shows. Um, especially all I think on all four of those shows, we all are connected to kayak fishing specifically, but we all have it's it's great because they're they're four totally different shows. In fact, if you look at Paddle and Finn, Paddle and Finn has something for anybody because there's so many different. They've kind of itemized different shows, and they're doing uploads all week long. It's 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 really really fantastic. So ch- so check those 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 guys out if you're getting into podcasts. Give them a subscribe. Check out an episode or two, and you know it's uh, it's all good stuff. It's great. I do love. I'm not a big fan of like having the the idea of of um, people that do similar things to what you're doing treating them as competition. I try to 
really look at like community more than anything else. I think that that everybody benefits when you look at that, and the end, pro- the total product of all elements together is improved when when that goes on. So I thought it was pretty cool that uh, you know a bunch of podcasters come together, you know, share some experiences and things like that, tell some stories. It was it was definitely very very cool. So check it out. People are are definitely listening to it. The number keeps clicking up for for listens. So that's pretty cool. I wasn't sure people were going to hear it because it was uh, an oddball release. We did it on uh, you know a, a day that we normally don't upload, and we did it on uh, on a holiday. So I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but people are definitely listening. So that's that's awesome. That is that is yeah. yeah. Again, it's inc- it's incredibly educational for someone who's just getting into podcasting or you know, just wants to learn a little bit about it yeah. a little bit more. I mean, you never stop learning. And, and it was, uh, yeah, it was eye opening for, uh, for me to listen to that. So nice. Good you job. Wa- you want, thank you, dude. You want to, uh, jump in here with our, our t- start talking about our first clip or, or, or do you have something you want to add? Um, no, that's, I mean, really, that's it. Give that, I, I, that's it. Give that, give that show a listen to. It is really good. I thought, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good. It's definitely fun for sure. And check out those other, other programs as well. They're, they do, they do really, really good stuff. Um, so let's, let's just, just segue right into it here. We have, so there's 13 clips here. We're going to go through, we're basically going to, um, talk a little bit about them and then play them, but I'm going to leave all microphones open so that we can just react over it. You know, uh, if there's something that's fantastic or or something that that you know needs to get brought up, then cool, we'll we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, but if there's anything major, Sean, what we'll do is we'll just kind of save that uh, conversation for in between in, in going into the next clip. So feel free, like you know, we'll we'll you're go- probably going to hear us laugh and you know react to some things, but. We'll go ahead and uh, and and go for it. So this first clip was uh, this was your pick, wasn't it, Sean? This is the one with uh, with Debo, right? I think we both thought it was a good idea because, I mean, to date, that's our most our most listened to episode. Yeah, and I thought, yeah, I thought pulling something from that well, that was really the, the the heart of the conversation was a good idea. And um, you just kind of said, you know, you left it up to me to to kind of grab this clip, and I went through it and found what I thought was a, a real good um, the the epitome of this talk. Yeah, so. it was, and that was a great interview working with Debo. His, uh, I was actually a little bit nervous when I did this interview, uh, mainly just because his 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 viewership and his fans they really love this guy, like they really really do. And you know, the more you you watch his content and you see kind of what he's all about, like he's a, he's he's pretty much as genuine as you can get, and uh, and and it's really good. So I'm gonna go ahead and just play this clip, and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and react over it. In your opinion, Debo, what is your goal for fishing? Like, where do you want it to take? I'm an idiot. I'm going to cut this out. What the fuck was that? (laughs) I I, I hit the slider here for pitch, so sit tight. All right. Three, two. In your opinion, Debo, what is your goal for fishing? Like, where do you want it to take you in the future in the next, like, five to ten years? Where do you see yourself? That is a great question. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> Yo, I think we all are. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, starting out, it was just, it was going to be to document. And if I could maybe help a few people along the way, mm-hmm. you know, my channel has done leaps and bounds more than I ever dreamed possible. So it's, you know, I've always said that I don't, I don't want to have, you know, be a full-time YouTube person. And it's just, 
you know, with a family and stuff, you know, what, what happens if, you know, something goes wrong with YouTube and you can't, you know, like, yeah, I never, ever even thought that would be a possibility, but you know, you see people now making legit livings. Oh yeah. Making a legit living off of, you know, solely just doing YouTube fishing and stuff. So I always said that would never be a possibility, but I don't know, you know, it's, that's more of a a reality now than ever. So, you know, if something like that happens, great. But for me, it's just making the videos, helping people. I get so much enjoyment out of people messaging me and saying, Hey, you know, I tried these tips that you shared and I caught my PB and that to me, that's just, that's what it's about right there. That's huge. Absolutely huge. Like there is a, a, a tournament, a virtual fishing tournament that just started this last June and it alternates every month and we, we kind of partner with them and it's nationwide. Anybody can take part in it. And it's a, it's a funky little group that organizes this. And initially it was, it's, it gets to be a lot of work, like delivering the the standings and everything and coming up with, with all the information of what's gone on in the last week. Cause it's a monthly tournament or bi-monthly. And when we, <laughs> I was debating, you know, thinking like, Oh, maybe we could, you know, put this more on the blog. Like, so that way when people are there and then we got this email from one of our, uh, one of the competitors from the tournament. And it was one of these emails where he was basically saying, I haven't ever fished competitively before, and this was absolutely amazing. It made me think about fishing in a brand new way. It had me really excited, and like, you know, I was checking the statistics and then hearing about it on the show. So it was like that kind of thing. When you get that feedback, you're like, I I don't care how much work it is. Like, I'm just going to do it. We're going to make it happen. You know, it's. It's really, really unbelievable. I can definitely relate relate to to what you're talking about. So what's interesting about that clip is that uh, I had forgotten about that email, <laughs> that uh, that message from I think it was Teddy Forget. Yeah, it was. It was. It I was. think it was Teddy Forget who sent the the message. Initially, it went to Seth over at Chronic Trips, and uh, it was it was after kind of hearing uh, while I was talking with Debo. I remember that popped in my mind. I'm just like, yeah, it's true. Like I think that, and and that's a reference to what we talked about on that roundtable with all, what I spoke with uh, all, with Brian and Bailey and and Andrew about uh, is that that's part of the reason why you know we put the work or in into this, or at least personally from my end of it, it's like it's that in engagement you know you you do something and then somebody appreciates it and it's just like Debo said where you know hey I put this fishing tip up on YouTube and and I got some feedback from somebody they're like hey I tried doing this and I caught a new PB or it actually worked I've got confidence in this lure I think that that is the biggest reward um, that a content creator can receive is, is that when it when it all kind of goes full circle like that I think there's nothing nothing better than that what about you Sean Completely agree. And we, we discussed that at the end of last week's show where I had mentioned uh, getting feedback from a couple of sources. One in particular was, uh, was Chris Dabari, which yep. we, we got more feedback on from our last show as Great well. Great feedback. But yeah. Yeah. Chris, like, we could talk metal all day and we'll at least have one listener. It'll be great. Um, so, so yeah, no, that is, it is amazing that, you know, people will reach out and if, if we go into something on the show, uh, maybe lightly touch something, maybe a rod setup or, or some sort of a combo or whatever, matching it with line. Um, our listeners have been really, really awesome about reaching out to us on inter- on Instagram and just asking what they want to, you know, asking like for in-depth explanations. Like yep. um, Eric Graves reached out to me last week talking about jig rods. I was like, yeah, no problem. This is what I use. Um, 
you know, are you using right or left hand? What are you going to do here? What are you going to do there? And, and yeah, yeah, I think he's, he's got a good game plan going forward, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great. The interaction is, yeah. is definitely the best part of this so far. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. So for this next clip, we'll set it up. And this is uh this is a Sean, the fisherman clip. This is a, it comes from the library of Sean the Fisherman uh, segments that, that came together. Really, when this show was in its infancy, this one was a little bit later on, and it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a PSA. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Okay. Hey, this is Sean the Fisherman with a public service announcement this week. I would uh, like to ask all of you who live on lakes, not only in Massachusetts and New England, but across the nation, if you live on a lake and you have windows that face the lake, I want you to always keep in mind that someone could be out on the water and does not want to see you in any state of undress, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like. We don't want to see it. Some might. I don't. Uh, Last week, I was out on a lake. I thought I'd seen the last of this stuff where people would be in various states of undress on the water, near the water, in their window. But instead... I was forced into a conversation with a German man in a bathrobe on a dock for 20 minutes. (laughs) I don't know how things work in Germany, but in America, I'm out there to fish. If I want to see naked people, I will do what the rest of red-blooded Americans do and go on the internet. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Sean the Fisherman. Have a great week. (laughs) So so the follow-up to that was, I think it was a week or two later, was when that naked guy was flossing himself. Yes, it was. Yeah, so that it just doesn't stop. And then here's a better one. Um, if another follow-up to that. So Nelson was with me that day when we had, well, when I had witnessed the naked guy flossing him, flossing his crotch with a with a, with his shirt. That was amazing. <clears throat> oh God. Well, um, the a week later, or whatever it was later, maybe two weeks later, I'd gone night fishing with Nelson, and there was a bit of a miscommunication. I I told him one lake and went to another, and met up with him later. And I felt bad, so I brought him a bag of chips and uh, and a soda. And I said, here you go, man. He goes, well, you missed the show. And I said, what show did I miss? He goes, there's a house over there. People have been partying all night. All the lights went out. Everyone went home. And then he goes, without warning, one of the residents came down, took off all her clothes, stood in the moonlight for a second, jumped in the lake, got back out, went back upstairs. And I go, with you right here? He goes, yep. <laughs> So, so I That's, I get to see all the dudes naked. Nelson yeah. has seen one naked person, and it's not a dude. And so. not a dude. Yeah, that's just 2020 well, for me. I mean, you know, you w- that with that said, keep in mind Nelson did manage to also see somebody using a birch tree inappropriately. Yeah, for yeah, selfish reasons. That that is true. That is true. But um, <laughs> I, I chose that clip. I, I was going through. I think that was on the largemouth sass episode and you had sent me there to that episode to find something else. And I came across that and said, Oh, that's a good one. So yeah, that's what it is. We're working, you know, we're trying to share information uh, to benefit everybody really. Uh, even if it's residents of a lake, I'm just going to jump right into this next one because I feel like it speaks for itself. Hey, we do a podcast. motherfuckers. <laughs> now what's so convenient <laughs> for that Sean is that that clip is already made and it times out perfectly to be a trivia buzzer so that might be your buzzer uh, for trivia nights from here on out (laughs) I've been assigned a buzzer well there's a little bit more to that clip I think I threw the whole thing at you there was you uh you had you you had gotten you know uh tongue-tied just like I I just did. did right there you you had gotten tongue-tied 
And I, I just thought it was so funny that, I don't know, I, I was myself for a second, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was so good. And I remember you're like, no, we got to cut that. We got, and I was like, oh, no, this cannot yeah. get cut. That has to be included. That was the first of two Easter eggs. So for anybody who's listening, there are a couple episodes out there. Yeah. And here's your clue. That's the first where we screwed up or something happened or chaos ruled and we put it at the end of the podcast. So if you listen through the uh, the uh, the ending, the, the playout song, th- there's a couple of clips that are lying in wait for you. Periodically, there'll be something there, there in bonus. And, and yeah. actually, we'll talk about one of those. Uh, another one uh, further further down, but there's a little bit more to that one. So this this next one um, was this did I, did I choose this one? This is we're we're talking about. Um, we, we're on on the phone with. Uh, uh, oh, this is the one about the origin of Wu Tungsten. Yeah, this was your call. This was yep. my call. So this was an interesting one. I had thought this was very. This needed to be included because. This interview was was interesting for a couple of reasons. I I, I never really had gone to um, play around with you know anybody's um, what do you call it? Uh, I, I had never gone to uh, like contact a company about being on this show. Uh, I would contact fishermen, you know, either you know, and usually what it was, it was it would be uh, you know friends of guests a lot of the time, or it would be just people in the inner circle or through social media that I would kind of connect with, uh, and that's how I would I would kind of find the guests. I had never had uh, a, a company or an organization reach out to me, and when when I got a, a an email from Woo that they would they would be interested in being a guest on the show, I kind of took that as like a major compliment that we were sort of like somebody was listening to the point where they thought there was some level of value with what we were creating here and i felt like at the time this was we were talking about midsummer this one came out and it was it, it just it really felt like you know this was definitely like a point a mile marker where we had kind of gotten to a certain point where this was we we're kind of being taken seriously which i still cannot believe to the to this point there what about you sean yeah i remember recording that um while I was on vacation, I was out of town. I recorded that one remotely with yep. you. I jumped in on that call. And, um, you know, and this is where getting back to, to you know, podcasting itself, which we, we talked about before these clips, that that's, I think some of that is, uh, some of that interview we did was a little rough on my part. You know what I mean? But I yeah. thought it was the interview overall. That's where, like, you and I worked together, where you kind of reeled me in, pun intended. And, um you know, we, we got back on topic and everything went smooth, a little self-deprecating there, but I love that. It was, it was, a, it was a good conversation and it was a great learning experience. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exactly it. It was, it was really good. So let's go ahead and jump into it, but tell me a little bit about woo and how the company came to be, where you started out and, and what the road was like building yourself up, like to the point now where you've got so much going on for such a social presence. Yeah. It's uh well, I mean, first of all, it's, fun to be able to, to jump on and, and chat fishing. Right. And, and when you, Definitely. I say that, cause when you ask like, where did it start? Like, that's all it is. That's where it started. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, my partner, a co-founder, uh, Chris, we, we grew up fishing tournaments together. Nice. So it, it started from two guys who love fishing and, you know, about, uh, I'm in, I'm in the North too. So I've got those toothy critters yep. you got everywhere and, uh, tungsten, you know, it's such an advantage. It's just got such a, you know, I started flipping with tungsten and I, I really understood, I guess, 
the benefit. Mm-hmm. And I really got sick of having a pike uh, end up with a, a seven dollar lip ring every time yeah. you know the you, you get one to bite. So um, so we started looking for options, and and we you know we've been in the fishing world obviously uh, fishing tournaments and just as long as I can remember and run in a lot of businesses um, that are non-fishing and, and we saw an opportunity, I think, to, to try it. And I knew that if I was looking for tungsten sponsors because of the cost, but also the benefit that other people had to be. So yeah. it wasn't this like, you know, let's say crazy epiphany per se. It was more of like something that just kind of ha- ha- happened but I think that's why it's probably worked because it's been so natural. We both love fishing. We both love the industry. And for us, I understood, I understand social in the sense of, you know, social media, a lot of people think it's about them. Meanwhile, for us, it's actually about everyone else. So what we decided we would do is actually before we even introduced the product, um, we thought we'd try and see if we can build a community. That's what we did. We went on, you know, we went to Instagram. Instagram is a bit different four or five years ago than where it is now, but we started building a community by being social in the areas and with the people that, that we thought would make sense. So that's what we started to do. And, and, you know, as we were doing that, we were doing some more, I'll say research and, and building some products and building some of the brands, building the packaging. It took about, uh, about six months, I'll say to put together. No and then we'd had this community built that we could introduce some products to. Yeah. And, you know, it's been, I'll call it a slow burn. I think like when people sometimes uh, see us for the first time, they think we like just popped up. Meanwhile, it's been four years. We actually spend more time against my thumbs. It's Chris's thumbs yeah. in Instagram. We do the post, like we're posting. We don't have like a digital marketing company that's doing our post. Like it's just, it's, uh, it's grinding. Yeah. And when I say that we love it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's part of what we do. And I think that's why we've been able to get to where we are because we genuinely love the sport. It's not some uh, publicly traded company that has the brand in a portfolio. We genuinely are still in it. We have a text number. It is my number. Like it does come to my phone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. when we send out some of those things. Like that is me. You know, when we bring something, uh, you know, and I send an update. We'll have an update, for example, that we're planning to send out by text for a new pack that we put together. We're gonna block off four or five hours yep. so I can sit there and write. We're gonna get seventeen hundred people to respond in the first you know, 15 minutes, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit for five hours and, and go through them and write back. So, you know, it's been, it's been cool. And I, I, I think for us, that's why it's probably growing. Cause we, we genuinely enjoy it. I think it's super, uh, it's super cool to be able to design products and put them out there. Anybody who's poured their own plastic bait or done something like that somewhere yeah. along the way knows what I mean when a fish bites it. Definitely. <laughs> so for me, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's fun to be able to design things. It's fun to be able to see, to introduce and share those with a lot of other people. And I genuinely think like we, you know, we made our drop shot weight screen because I had smallmouth eating the weight when it's shiny. Yeah. Now we painted it green, it's green, but if we didn't have woo, I'd just be painting, I, you know, I'd just be painting weights in my basement. Exactly. <laughs> I get the opportunity to share it with other people. So, you know, again, it, it, we started, you know, it's been a slow build and it's been a slow, um, it's been a slow build, but also a very quick build, but it's, it's, you know, daily four years building it, pushing it, but then at the same time, not forgetting about the other people that, that have been a part of this community that we've been able to build. And I think that's often people go the other direction. They build the product and then try and get it to a community. And for us, we're more focused on our community because we're just 
passionate anglers and want as many people like that as a part of what we're doing. And naturally, when we introduce products to that group, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna want to be a part of it. And uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at. That's how we kind of got to where we're at. And we're having just as much, if not more fun now. Yeah. You said there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot going on. Oh, yeah, there is. There <laughs> is. Absolutely. We're more fun now with it, right? With that. So, again, it, it, that's kind of where we're at. That was a really big turn also for us with social media. Uh, when we did that that interview, we were talking to Aaron kind of kind of gave me a little bit more of a vision as far as a plan for social media, like as far as where where I really wanted to go with growth. I sort of had this one like blanket goal that I was working on. And since then, you know, when we had that conversation with him and I, I've kind of it made me think about things a little bit differently. As far as the way we kind of handle our Instagram, specifically with Instagram, like that's that's a major major player for this podcast, and it that that was Aaron was really really helpful in that, and just seeing the growth that Woo has created for you know itself based on community is like that's just massive, absolutely. But this was a major interview where I walked away like this this happened, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was it, it just floored me. Aaron said a lot in that interview without saying a lot. He really did. Like for, as far as outlining a lot of strategies and, and not just fishing, but business. Yeah. We, we, the, when I, I think I pulled that clip too, right? I think you just said grab something from Aaron's interview because yeah. that interview was so good. I could have gone in any direction with that, but I picked up that one and I thought it was really important. And I, I, I also saw how it affected the show, yep. our show. So yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it definitely it definitely was uh, was a, a great pick for sure. You know, we we got into that interview, and and when we had scheduled it, Sean and I started talking about you know a lot of the lead laws in Mass, really, and and we started kind of at that point looking at okay, so what other states are kind of like this? And we realized that we are kind of in uh, uh, the minority with that because most of the states you can go and, and use lead. Um, so we wanted to kind of talk about how it affects certain states and and you know basically some of the uh, lead alternatives that are out there for sure tungsten being among one of the best performers um that you could that you could utilize and with woo having you know being a a, a tungsten company primarily that's that's you know what their focus is you know is, is tungsten weight um it was it, it was perfect sort of like it gave us something it localized it for us because we were able to talk as mass anglers and you know kind of discuss some of this stuff we definitely we got into that interview pretty heavily with that and i know like for we were talking, we we're like afterwards. We were, I know Sean had mentioned uh, something like, "Oh, we kind of you know jumped on him a little bit with uh, with with the the lead laws and everything." But I think it was important to have that conversation, um, you know, with, with somebody who's who's uh, in, in the mar or I should say in the business of providing lead alternatives, you know. So uh, for for mass anglers that are out there, yeah, you're not supposed to throw lead jigs. Yeah, that was my bad for the jumping. I, I get fired up, you know that. Oh, but uh, nothing wrong. You know, with that's. That. That's the uh, that's the the uh, behind the beef curtain theme of this show is you, I think the number one thing you've told me a thousand times since we started this was, you know, we keep our we keep our foothold, you know, being Western Mass anglers. But this show is not just heard in yeah. Western Mass. So that's the thing I always have to keep in mind. And, and um, 
you know, just I got deep into the masculine laws on that one, probably a little, little too deep into the weeds, and you pulled me out of it, and we, you know, went on with the interview. But you know, I think uh, it's kind of funny. I took a, a deep, uh, a deep dive on our on our analytics uh, a little bit further, and I was able to actually break down after that uh, that roundtable with the other podcasters. I was able to kind of break down some of our analytics of the way that it looks, and while like you know, obviously America, the U.S. is the the main breakdown um just under 25 percent of our listenership is from massachusetts like just in the american breakdown uh other states or you know they all kind of break up there's sure there's you know 40 percent or what am i saying sure the remainder of that the remainder 75 percent is all over the nation but they're peppered all over the place we have a good concentration of new england anglers and and that also goes you got to roll in connecticut vermont new hampshire new york and those surrounding states as well because if they fish in mass those are the you know the lead laws are the lead laws that's 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 the way it's set up so better to know and then make a decision you know with with how all this is going this next clip is uh it's pretty recent oh <laughs> it's holiday themed <laughs> i'm just gonna go for it is that good shoot let's do it Smooth listening on Mac B. West. <laughs> the dog bark. Yeah, yeah dog bark. Yeah. So Amazon's here with the Christmas gift, so I gotta go. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for get just off the fucking amazing. window. <laughs> <laughs> had a laugh track in it all by itself. <laughs> So that was the chaos in my house in the holidays. I uh, my dog jumps up on the uh, the front window to see who's coming to the door, and uh, you saw me. I put my hands over the microphone, and it didn't work. <laughs> it did not work. But it was great, man. I know. So. Oh God, it was great. Get off the fucking window. <laughs> hey, he jumps up on the window. There, my, him. My two dogs are carving up the freaking windows when they see people come in. So I I leave the shades closed now during. The oh day, yeah, so. no, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, oh, that was funny. That, that was, was so another. Good. That was another Easter egg, wasn't it? And I believe it was. It was no. no oh was, no, that wasn't. That was in that the outro. The, that was actually in the outro. Right that's right. And what's what was great about that clip is that that was a good impression. And there's a couple of things that you're going to hear here and there. I mess with the audio. In fact, I accidentally did it when we started the first clip. But uh, with with this, I like to mess with some audio right there. And you got a little bit of that in there with this. I think I was parodying a smooth jazz thing when you said smooth coming in with the Mac B West. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, we should probably notice note on that that uh, it is M A K B. I've it been is. calling it Macby for Forever. years. And, yeah, absolutely. And Ken, so Ken actually sent us a message saying a cease and desist you, what, letter. What order. You, yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing with this Macby shit? We're like, what? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> we thought that's what the, you know, the the, I don't know, pronunciation of the uh, the, the initials were. Yeah. No, it is M A K B. Yeah, so he appointed me director without me knowing how to properly say the the organization's name. You know, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ken, we I, weren't doing that on purpose. I have taken jobs where uh, I did not catch my direct supervisor's name before or something, so it's it's okay, it's all right. It as happens. long as you didn't like swear at him, I guess that's fine. No, right? that's exactly. It. I was like, get off the fucking window. <laughs> yeah, I cut. Look, I tried. I tried to cover the mic, but he, that dog. <laughs> I love my dog. He he'll defend us. He's great, but yeah, he jumps on the fucking window. Yeah, he does. We all heard it. <laughs> oh, and now we've all lived it. So this this next clip that we threw in here, I had to include. Um, it was this was probably the most 
God, I wish I could in, in put a GIF in here to for my reaction of just what? Like it was one of those like what like W A T what kind of I- moments. Uh, this was a, a great guest. I loved having her on the show, Megan Long, aka Largemouth Sass. And I've been I've, uh, Megan and I have been been chatting back and forth on on uh, Instagram for for a bit, and uh, I had been really, really, really trying to sort of convince her that like, you know, yeah, you should definitely be on the show. Let's talk fishing. I'd love to get your stories, whatever they might be. And she threw me the biggest curveball with this question with that I, I gave to her. It took it just it took a, a bit of a turn. I'm just gonna jump in and play it. So I got a question I've never asked anybody before, but just because you, so you're in Louisiana, right? Yes. Okay. What's the gator situation like? Because <laughs> I've never had the chance to talk with another angler that's got, you know, gators like as part of life. Like, <laughs> in my yes. mind, it scares the shit out of me, you know? <laughs> no, wait, for real? Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Hippos? Hippos are the scariest that you have to worry about. <laughs> what? I mean, we don't. We don't have hippos. Yeah, but I was going to say. Where there are, it's scary. For sure, yeah. Okay, so um, the gators, the gators really aren't a problem. Yeah. Um, I haven't had really bad experiences with them, but recently, we it was a little small gator. He was probably about three foot, and he just he kept coming up to the boat, and he just wanted whatever we had. Oh yeah. So he must have been fed before. So if if they're being hand fed, they're gonna they're going to bother you. But yep. if you're out in the middle of nowhere, yep. for the most part, these gator are not gonna bother you but if you go in their territory while they're mating uh, that's what i've heard it's what? it's insane it's like dinosaurs yeah if you go close to them like in a boat or a kayak or something yep. the, the way that they growl it just vibrates the boat and it it's like it's so loud it's insane it's really insane it's like from a movie it's that just blows my mind crazy because it is, it's a dinosaur, you know, it they really are. is, like, I just, that's the one thing, like, I see, like, YouTube fishermen from Alabama, like, Lojo, he's another good one, and I'm like, I, I couldn't fish down there regularly and not, you know, at least have it in the back of my mind, like, this could usually, end badly. Usually with, like, top water, they'll yep. be a little, they'll get in your area a little bit, but oh, okay. hmm. I've never, I've, I've never accidentally hooked on one so they don't really like you always know when they're coming after you yeah that was interesting because i at up until that point i really wasn't throwing much out there for follow-up questions and i i don't know what what it was we i think we were just talking about her being from louisiana and in my mind immediately went to like well you got to deal with gators i'm gonna go there and so i i figured she was i I, honest to god i assumed that there was going to be some kind of like uh like it's like a rite of passage. You just have like a situation where you hook into a gator and you're like, "Oh shit," you know, something along those lines. And then she flipped it on hippos, and I was just like, "What?" I think I think she's guilty of doing what I do with unfortunately some regularity. Your what? your thoughts are moving one speed, and your lips are moving another. And <laughs> well, I'm had, guilty I, of that I, as well. <laughs> I I think the uh, I think the missing sentence that got lost in the the middle of that uh, that freeway between the brain and the mouth was. 
at least we're not in Africa where we have to deal with hippos. Yeah, oh, of course. That would have, that would have yeah, yeah, yeah. solved the whole problem right there. But I get it, Sass. I'm I'm with you. And just so you know, that smooth, you know, the smooth comment we made on the last clip. She had posted she had posted a video of her setting a hook. Yep. Um, I believe in a tournament. I think it was a tournament. Well, she had posted a video and she put some smooth jazz in the background. Mm -hmm. And I had sent her a text saying, Yeah, smooth hook sets on largemouth sass radio or something like that. <laughs> no, oh no. I don't know what it was. It was uh here on Largemouth Sass Radio, the hook sets are as smooth as jazz. Nice. Yeah, I'll tell you like that. I'll tell you she what. She didn't get it at first. I'm no. like, you got to put some put a soundtrack up. So she has amazing taste in music. Out of anybody yes. who we have had on the on the show, uh, I think was it was it was her. I started asking about what people listening to while they're out there. It might have been. It might have been. It was right around that time time of the year when I had started asking that question about what people are listening to, what gets them hyped up, and and you know we had a conversation that went even further than the uh, than the podcast recording about music, and she recommended a bunch of amazing artists, and then I would go back and recommend some more, and it was just great going back and forth. I will, and I got I got to throw this out there. Um, she listens to a lot of Limp Bizkit. Well, I was going to give her a lot of credit. I can't Louisiana I, that, and say, you know, you got all that jazz and blues down there and all that, all sorts of shit. And really, Limp Bizkit? I, well, she, I, I've seen many, many times and I'm like, yeah, I just, I can't, you know? And she's like, I don't know. I, I will say this. Her tastes in music are as, as equally as wide as mine. And that is saying something. Like that is but, absolutely saying something. I bust her chops all the time about Limp Bizkit. I just, I, I can't do it myself. I lived it the first time, you know, and I know she's got a thing for the gray haired Durst. So mm. it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Megan, we love you. You're awesome. We appreciate you. Uh, this is another, this is one of your picks, Sean. Uh -oh. Yeah, and I'm just gonna dive right in because it's short and sweet. But God, I, it says so much. It sounds, but it's it's beautiful. Like it's a, it's a really high quality sound. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the the wood that those speakers are made of, you don't see that shit anymore. I don't know where. I don't know what forest in Bavaria those speakers were made in. You know those the wood came from. But my God, <laughs> little Smurfs are handcrafting loudspeakers in like the black oh, forest yeah. somewhere. It was definitely made with Smurf labor. Clearly, so, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. How many uh, how many fishing podcasts take you down that road? <laughs> I, I don't know. I you know honestly, I think you had said something about that, and that's why I went back and investigated it. But that was just an example of the way you and I work. Yeah, with going on tangents, and one minute we're talking chronic trips tournament, the next minute we're talking Bavarian Smurfs making speakers. Uh, I I do feel like there's going to be a Black Forest Smurf uh, t inspired T shirt. We're obviously oh not. God, I don't want to go to court. Metal with, Smurf. That's what I'm saying. You know Ooh. what I mean. Wearing Lederhosen, not the traditional Smurf stuff. And maybe we'll change the color. You know, instead no, of being no, blue. No, none of that. No, he'll wear. Uh, he'll wear. He'll wear corpse paint and have spikety gauntlets on his arms. Perfect. Done yeah. deal. Done deal. We old oh, like Legion of Doom. No, like a black metal guy. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it. No, that that was a good. That was a really good one. This next clip uh, is from uh, the, an interview that we did with uh, Andrea Navolo, uh, blonde angler on Instagram. Uh, this was this was I think was like the first interview I had done. 
Um, where I hadn't, like this was I, one of the, one of the the very first interviews I had done where the guest was not somebody directly from my own circle. Like I had gotten in there, you know, not somebody I had fished with before or anything. Yeah, this is right after we had. It, this, so yeah, it was the second time. Uh, Bill from Hookshead Hoodlums was the very first interview uh, with with somebody I had just met through doing the podcast. Uh, and then Andrea was the next one, but Andrea's episode took off, uh, and it really did. It was for a long time. It was the most listened to episode for quite a while. And this was a clip right here that uh, that Sean had chosen from this, where we talk a little bit about wake baits and smallmouth. So I'm going to dive right in. Let's talk like uh, gear. There was a post that I saw on your. Um on your Instagram when you were talking about being asked about your favorite lure and, and there was a wake bait that you had uh, indicated that was in there. It's got a, a, a prop on the rear. I forget. Uh, I forget who makes it. Oh, that's the, the depths buzz jet. That's what it was. Yes. Depths. Yep. Okay. Um, Man, is that, that, is that, that still like is, one of your favorites? Yeah. You know, for certain types of, of, of fishing, like, um, like it's to me, it's like one of those baits that you use during the summer months. You okay. know, it, it's a wake bait, so it literally just like swims right below the surface. Yep. So when these bass are hitting top, you know, in 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 the early mornings or early, you know, or late in the evenings, I should say, you know, just to get that bait to to swim right below the surface above these weed edges is is deadly it's it's crazy it's funny that's i was i've recently started started experimenting with wake bait specifically because i i feel that like they sort of sit right at the perfect level um yep and they're natural you know i mean they're they're really yeah they really really work i have i have one that i've thrown a bit and I had a, a, a mishap at one of my last outings where I had I had cast uh, two or three times uh, out in this one one lake that I like to fish, and uh, I had you know third or fourth cast I got snagged in a tree and I go and I'm like I got fifty pound braid on this on this line I'm I'm, I'm getting this back there's no I'm not yeah. worried. so I'm 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 trying to finesse it out of the tree I get it and it does that you know it comes flying back like a shot and I couldn't have done this again if I tried but mm-hmm. the wake bait hit my rod. Like almost like a bunt in baseball. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, we're good. No sweat. Bait's okay. That's what I assumed. Next cast, I I, I go to load up the rod and cast. Rod snaps. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So oh, no. Yeah, that was not fun. But yeah, I, I I like like I saw that. I was just like, all right, cool. I'm not out of my mind. I just was something about about a wake bait, and then I saw that, even that color looks awesome. It was like a bluegill. Yeah, like, that was the uh, the perch color. It, yep. That's literally like during the summer months. That's like one of my go to baits. It's incredible. Hmm. You know, I'm not really big on wake baits in general, but that yeah. one just seems to do the trick, and it makes it. It has just such an extreme wobble to it yep. and action to it that like the, the small mouth especially just can't resist they it. Just crush it, huh? Yep. That's awesome. What about aside from that? Like, what do you? feeling now like especially with smallies oh man so i went out today and um you know i did pretty well with the smallmouth. um and you know it's really depending on like who you talk to you know what body of water you're fishing some mm-hmm. guys are still killing it on a jerk bait um i i did really well on a chatter bait today i, I find that um that like crank baits like square bill crank baits are, yep. are like excelling right now um i caught a really uh, a good pile of smallies this week on a um 
on a chatterbait. I mean, you could throw those up shallow. You could throw them deep. You know, they they have a tendency to really get through the the grass good. It's just such a versatile bait for this time of year. Definitely. Definitely. I just got turned on to a a, a brand new chatterbait from uh, leadfreejigs.com. Oh, okay. And I mean, it's probably, especially for the price, Probably yep. the most reactive chatterbait. Like the the second you start cranking that reel, it's you've got the action. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm blown away. I got to reorder. That's stuff. awesome. Yeah, it's- I, I haven't seen um, I haven't seen that yet. I'm I'm really um, open to trying some different brands of yep. chatterbaits. Um, you know, Z Man kind of rules the. Totally. Uh, you know, the world with, with chatterbaits, I feel like. And now that new jackhammer that they put out this past year just yep. is, is just killing the market. So, um, I have a couple of those on order. I haven't even gotten any in my hands yet, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm looking forward to trying those throughout the year. That was, that was a great interview. Like I was really, yeah, I was really nervous when I did that interview. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, man, I don't want to, I want to look like a clown. <laughs> You know? Oh, you did fine. Yeah, you did fine. I was, and the the reaction to that episode was fantastic. And Andrea is great. I mean, absolutely, yes. absolutely fantastic. Um, she's killing it uh, as always. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I think that my wake bait theory holds true too, because I have caught some of my biggest fish this year on uh, on a wake bait on the BBZ yeah. Rat. I mean, sized up from what I was throwing before, but yeah, I, th- I think it actually does hold true. It's funny. I've had all my wake bait success in Minnesota. I just, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I, I can't get them to bite them here, and I don't know why that is. That's uh, interesting. Another year, I got those rats. So we'll be good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So this next one is so good. So I, I there's, there's no words to set this up. There's a gentleman in my life that I've fished with for uh, 30 years that has been the biggest single influence on my fishing techniques, tactics, uh, everything to do with fishing. This guy, I have to give him credit that he has, he has been, uh, that close of a mentor and a friend. We met 30 years ago in high school and I'm not going to drop his real name, but I would like to tell today the origin of his name, the dude, bud. So we were in high school. I want to say it was freshman or sophomore year. He had come up to myself and a group of friends standing around a locker And I remember one of us asking, hey, man, what'd you do this weekend? Or what were you doing next weekend? Whatever question it was uh, pertaining to his activities. And his response was a (laughs) was very simple. Dude, bud, fuck. Hey, bud, dude, fuck. Dude, bud, fuck. Hey, bud, dude, fuck. Dude, bud, fuck. Hey, bud, dude, fuck. And he walked away. We were all left absolutely dumbfounded. I remember somebody in the group saying, what did that guy just say? <laughs> so from then on, he earned the nickname, The Dude Bud. I, so that was the first one where I started messing with pitch yep. <laughs> for that. And, and I, 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 once that kind of happened, it was just game over. But I remember hearing that story for the first time. We were both on kayaks. We were fishing at Redbridge. And you were telling me, like, we're just sharing all these stories, getting caught up. You had just kind of gotten involved with the podcast at this point, And you're sharing this story. And I'm just like, this is freaking gold. Like, this needs to be part of it. So I was really happy when the Dude Bud series kind of kicked off. And we could kind of bring that in because this is this is good stuff right here. Yep, and he is uh, he is still out there doing his thing, and um, he uh, he is now he's got an eyebrow raise that there's going to be some 
Western Mass fishing going on this year. So oh, we yeah. may hear or see from the dude bud. I, I can't make promises because the dude bud, dude bud does not listen to anyone. <laughs> no, the dude bud abides. Yeah, that's right. He does. He does his thing, but he may, you know, you never know. He's very, he's very happy. We named a jig color after him. I'll tell you that. Oh, absolutely. Now, uh, he's, he's, uh, does, does, does he tournament fish already? He, no, I think the last time he, he tournament fished was with me when, I mean, well before kayaks. Let me think about this. I think I had my first recreational kayak mm-hmm. at this point, and I was looking for some sort of tournament to get into with that. And all the online stuff hadn't come up yet. This was years ago. This was ten, at least 10 years ago. Yep. And uh, he and I had jumped into one of his canoes and fished with a 14 foot plus. It was a 14 foot canoe. It's a big canoe. Yeah. And it was um, one of those 14 foot plus. You could have a bass boat. You could have a John boat. As long as you had a live well, you could fish it. So we yeah. threw a cooler Oh yeah. in the middle of this thing. And we went to what I consider one of the most dangerous lakes in Massachusetts with all the, the sunken timber um, I always compare the the one open part of it to um, the spike pits from Indiana Jones movies. Really, that bad? You go, yeah. It's because the wind pushes the water over these things for forever. However, this reservoir was made, and yeah. it just uh, they, they've just ground down into spikes. So if you go in, you're getting skewered. Like it's bad. And we went on this thing, and the, the day we fished, it was like 30 mile an hour winds. We were no. all over that lake. <sighs> we almost capsized at the launch when we got back. It was bad. Like we left earlier. I was like, F that. Yeah. And that was the last time I think the dude by and I fished in any sort of organized tournament outside of, you know, screwing around with our friends. Gotcha. Do you think he's going to be involved with the uh, the MAKB West trail? I don't know. I don't, I don't, it, I've told him about it. It's his decision. If he does. And I'm just throwing this out there for the dude, bud. I cannot wait to do the angler profile episode for the dude, bud. That's I'm just saying, I, 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 I imagine it will be full of all of the, uh, I, I, I don't even, even, I don't even know what to compare it to. I don't know what's going to do it justice, but I'm just saying this will be, this will be my my stair my stairway to heaven. <laughs> my my recommendation would be maybe if you're going to approach the dude bud in an interview, it might be a uh, he's he's relatively soft spoken. Believe I, it or not. It, this won't be an interview. Yeah. It will <laughs> not be an interview. This oh. will be a feature documentary. <laughs> this will not be an interview. This will All be right. yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do. We All see right, the dude good. bud in his natural habitat as he's slaying the bass. You know, yes. it'll be, I, it's going to, there's going to be, it, this will be something. All right. Yeah. I mean, it will be, yeah. I'm just saying, we'll see what happens. You know, let's go we ahead and. Uh, <laughs> we will see, won't we? This we was, will see. <laughs> this one's actually pretty recent too. Uh, this 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 clip here is is fairly recent. Um, this is also an Easter egg, and I want to throw out there uh, a little something that one of our listeners was so dedicated that they went and re-examined a portion of this. Let's see if you can figure out what it is. Still managed to put together. We still managed to polish a turd. If nothing else, we have polished a turd for you guys, and we're giving you the best that we've got as always. So, hey, Bobby, Bobby, hold on. <laughs> I can't let that go. Start over again. That was awful. We can't. We can't say we're polishing a turd for our podcast. What? That sucks. That I'm is trying to be negative real. shit. That's the most <laughs> negative shit I've ever heard you say. Come on, we got. We can do better than fucking that. Hey, here's your turd. Suck on it. No. 
<laughs> That's fucking <laughs> awful. <laughs> why don't we just say, why don't we just come back for break and be like, hey, here we are. Why the fuck are you listening? <laughs> Can we start well, seriously? Well, good news, folks. This is the end of the podcast. Uh, you've reached the end of it. Good job. You made it this far. Hope you're fucking proud of yourself. <laughs> End. 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 <laughs> Buy our shit. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Listen, keep that one around because that is a, uh, that's a fucking, 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 fucking. That might a, be an Easter egg. egg. That might be that's an Easter, an Easter egg. egg. I, I won't delete it. I'm going to leave it. So I agree. Yeah, <laughs> So that was obviously some late night editing by you. But what 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 I remember about that was we had done what we usually do is we record an intro and we record an outro. And you always talk to the guests usually at an earlier date. So, like I said, I never listen to the guests until they're actually played on the the released podcast, the finished deal. So we had done whatever, whatever intro we had done that day. And then you just came right back with that. We went, you know, usually we do the intro, we go get coffee or take a leak or whatever we got to do. when we come back and you had done that. Yep. And I, I was like, what the fuck? That, that no, now it makes you like you're shut, you're shitting on the guest, you're shitting on us. What, you, what the fuck? I, was it bad coffee? What happened? There? I don't know what it was. I was just, I had gotten up on the wrong side of the bed that day. I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something about it. Like, geez, I think. Oh, actually, so there's one thing I want to kind of mention is, and you can, you can hear it in that clip. Do you hear the change in the audio from that clip uh, to like the segment with uh, Andrea going back that early? Uh, I mean, I know the audio changed, but I think. Yeah. So there was a big change in production that happened at that point. I had been EQing things one way and I've, I've been leaving our tone a little bit more rich and a little bit more natural. Uh, probably that probably started in like the end of October. I had to dial some things in. It was where we really kind of changed hardware. Okay. Uh, for what we were recording on and, and the way I was editing. So I kind of had changed some things. I used to kind of like cut frequencies to kind of make it a little bit more clear and clean sounding, but I decided to leave some of this, you know, more of the natural. I've changed the points where I clip some of these frequencies basically is where it is. And I think it, 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 it overall, it sounds a little bit more polished this way. Uh, but that, that, that clip I thought was fantastic. And again, that was one of those where I was just like, no, 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 we're going to play around with some stuff. There's, in there, I, I can see three samples that I would like to cut and utilize like we utilize, you know, all of the certain sound. I think I used almost every sound effect except this one in that <laughs> that Easter yeah. egg. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. But I would there's some things in there that I want to hang on to that I want to utilize for later things. I think it could be, just be great. That might be viewed. That little clip might be viewed as you having a complete editorial mental breakdown and mm-hmm. content breakdown because you're 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 calling it a turd. You're hitting every goddamn sound effect button you can reach. <laughs> there is uh, there is a uh, a little homage to uh, another podcast that I st- was my first actual podcast that I had ever done. This is probably like 2015, 2016, uh, called Western Massholes. And we often would throw like just because, you know, when you're producing a podcast, you, you hit record and, and you record all the stuff. And there's certain stuff that you're going to cut out because you're just, you know, bantering or bullshitting about whatever. 
And uh, what I would do is I would, I'd take the end of that stuff. And oftentimes what I would do is I will, will throw it in at the end. So that for us, that's how the Easter eggs came in. But uh, there's also a secondary homage in there to uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, if you if you watch It's Always Sunny at the end, when they have the the billboards at the end of the production companies involved and everything, the uh, the one that comes up with the picture of uh of Charlie Mack and Dennis standing up against like what looks like a, uh, a, I guess it's a brick wall or something. They're standing up against there, and there's a an audio clip that's backwards, and what it is is just random like gibberish. They just kind of say whatever, and they loop it backwards. And one back when I was working in television, I actually used to uh, when when it's always sunny was syndicated. I would take that and go back and listen to them, and some of them are ridiculous. They'd be like, "How now, brown cow?" and they would just like flip it around backwards. So that's what I did with that. And one of our listeners, I think it was Nick the Deer Slayer. He had roadkill Nick. Roadkill Nick. Uh, he had gone so far, and he actually downloaded the episode and flipped it around and go like, "Yeah, well, that's 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 ten minutes. I'm never going to get back." <laughs> you know, just like it wasn't worth doing, but it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so polishing turds. That's what that one's named. It's great. Now I have these clips that I can just access for other things. So some of these clips are going to start getting uh, a little bit uh, longer. Not so much this one any longer than what we've got, but we've got a couple of heavy ones coming up uh, for the very end of the show. We place them there, uh, not because they're not important, but because they're they're so lengthy. Uh, so if you guys want to kind of like skip through them or listen uh, a little bit more quickly, you can. But just as a heads up, this next clip came up, and this was one for me where I had, uh, this is when I interviewed Todd Grubb. And what's great about Todd is that I had reached out to Todd about doing this podcast and I, I really, I wasn't really expecting, you know, him to like jump onto it or be anything, but I was a, a fan of his channel. Uh, I can remember when I discovered his channel was probably about a year previous. Maybe I had started kind of checking it out and I love, I absolutely love like the, the natural feel of, of, of a lot of Todd's stuff. In fact, his early videos, he used to do just fail videos of like compilations of like, you know, where he'd be out and like shit just went wrong and he would put these things together and I thought it was so cool because you weren't just seeing the finished product you were seeing like the road to get there and uh, I'm going to want to throw this out there now Todd put out a video uh, was it last night or might have even been the night before but very very recently uh, right around Christmas he put out a video that I feel is a, a throwback to like some of his older stuff and uh, it's not clickbait. <laughs> if you're looking at it, it's the one where he's ice fishing and he gets arrested. Uh, it's not clickbait. He did actually get arrested. He talks about it, gets into like all the details toward there. But it was fantastic because it was one of these things where like there was shit going wrong. You know, uh, when they were doing a catch and cook at the end, like the oil you could see was just smoke billowing off of it. Way too hot to fry these fish and have them turn out ideal, you know, uh, and it was just it was just like it was old school fishing with grubs. And uh, I, I really I enjoyed it last night and I think you will too. So go and check out his channel. So let's check out this one. Uh, this is uh, about fishing grubs and uh, his, his his production standards. Um, I did. I mentioned that you're you're a YouTuber, but tell me a little bit about the history of fishing in your life like how did you discover fishing how was was it sort of like instilled in you to like you know how did that passion start and then how what was the road like getting to where here you are producing content on a regular basis for youtube uh so you know it started i guess as a little kid my dad used to take me um but you know he wasn't a huge part of my life so when he kind of you know went away 
I didn't really fish too much at all. Yep. But being near or around water uh, was always something that was instilled in me. Uh, my grandfather had a pool in the backyard and I was never not in the water. Yeah. So um, when I picked up a rod and reel, um, I mean, it's almost like four years ago now. Oh, it was wow, okay. immediate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it was immediate. Like I'd, I'd been wanting to do it for a while, you know, I'd, yep. anything outdoors always gets me going. So I was hooked, uh, pun intended immediately. And, um, I started going in my off time all the time. Yep. And then, um, you know, summer ended and the fall hit and the bite really changed and I had no idea what the hell I was doing. So like any normal human being nowadays, I hopped onto YouTube yep. um, to try and see what I should do to get some bites. <clears throat> and uh, I found a bunch of people, you know, fishing and making ridiculous content. And I was like, you know, after a little while, I was like, oh man, I can do that. And um then, you know, winter hit and I stopped fishing for a little bit because it got really, really tough and I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, yeah. And um, ice fishing was about to start and a buddy of mine was like, you want to come out and ice fish? And I was like, it'd be awesome. Um, so we went out ice fishing and I caught my personal best. It was my first bass over four pounds. Um, That's awesome. And it was, yeah, it was just one of those moments in life where I was like, I want to fish like for a living if I can, Yeah, you know, I want to make this my life. So, um, I also have a background in film and video. I took two years of, uh, film class in high school. So mm-hmm. I just like every day watching these videos, I'd be like, man, I could do that. And so eventually I just decided, you know, I'm going to go for it. And, uh, you know, I love making content and it, you know, it turned into like a whole different thing. Like at first it was, you know, more like, Oh my God, I want to just fish every day. And then it became like meeting people and traveling and just doing things that I never thought I'd be doing Yep, absolutely. because of fishing. You know, it's my whole perspective on, what I thought this was going to be when I started as to what it is now a few years uh, down the road. It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I'm super absolutely. thankful. It's, 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 it's yeah. infectious. You know, it's like you, you get into it and like, we just, we live in this time right now where information is all around. And I'm actually, I'm glad you brought up your production background because I probably only discovered your channel. Like maybe, maybe a year, maybe it was last summer or last spring, something like that. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't too long ago, but when I saw it, I'm like, see, I have a TV background. So I was like, oh, this guy is putting together some <laughs> legit stuff. Like I'll tell you what. So, I mean, just not, not for nothing, but like you, when you're transition in between different uh, edits, that little like yep. uh, static effect that you use, I'm like, that's genius. It's fast. It just gets yep. right to it. And it's, it's different enough. Like it's, it's really, really great, you know, and you do all that production on your own. Yes, yeah, That's, I do everything. Man, good, great, you're killing it. Great job, seriously. Thank you. Like, yeah, it's, 
That was that was a really good uh, interview right there. It was one of those first ones where I walked away. I was like, first off, I had a great time interviewing that guy, and it just it felt like a real natural conversation. You know, I mean, sometimes you just talk to these guests, and it just it it, it is a natural conversation. Other times, you know, you, you talk to guests, and they're a little bit more of a uh, like a just nodding the head and you know and and sort of getting to the question and not really like like running with it where you're having this this. Uh, relationship with dialogue where your questions and answers kind of go together and there's a like a natural ebb and flow with it that one was fantastic i like that one a lot plus i've had the opportunity to to get together with todd a couple of times and get out there and fish and he's always just been a great dude like really really great we've had lots of conversations uh via dm on on instagram and uh he's i'm really proud of him for like the shit that he's managed to do this year from you know i, I remember seeing a video right when covid kind of had started before Jigs and Bigs had gone where he had stopped putting out a lot of content and then had just sort of like disappeared for a little bit during that first initial quarantine period and you didn't really hear anything from him and there was there was some you know some drama and he kind of got back into it and was like I'm, I'm really looking forward to making some more fishing content we're going to go ahead and make this happen and he he got right back on it and started putting out some really good content and the growth from like back then when I was like wow man this is a really great channel that has this major hiccup like we'll see how this is going to work and then he's just like absolutely killing it now he's he's a first he's a, he's a mate on a on a on a a party boat he's doing um he's got the the Yamamoto Yamamoto deal going which is huge i mean he's really accomplished a lot plus the growth on on his uh social stuff is just huge so todd you know congratulations 2020 was a rocky road but like i feel like he fits in that group like with us where you know you look at this last year and while it was rough in a lot of ways like there was this one sort of thing that kind of made it amazing so that's why i wanted to make sure to throw that one in here because it was a great interview but also like it kind of parallels our sort of journey as far as the growth of this podcast and everything else with like what what he's kind of gone on and and, and done and uh, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. I have to talk and work out the details, but I am trying to work out some type of a, of a charter for listeners where we can get together on the boat on the party boat that Todd works on and uh, go out and do some, some deep sea fishing or, you know, go out and either, either catch some tog or some, some cod or, or whatever, whatever the is, is on the agenda. I think it'd be a whole lot of fun. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. And yeah, there, there was a lot of that interview that I could have pulled from. I just thought that part was, just kind of stood out a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. That, that interview is good. Anybody wants to get into the podcast, there's a good jumping on point. Jump on with uh, the Todd interview. Oh, absolutely. That was, I, I think it was just overall, it was, it was a fun interview to do. It was uh, one of those interviews where, I mean, that was kind of like uh, like maybe in sometime in July, maybe late June or July sometime, we had recorded that. That was a, an interesting kind of spot. This next clip, though, this next clip, I think, is your, like, this is when Sean the Fisherman truly kind of welcome to the world of being a podcaster, my friend. That's what this is. What is it? This is the the Veterans Day special. The oh, veteran special. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. This was really good. And this was this was Sean's baby. He came to to me with this idea, said he would like to go for it and do it. And I I said to him, absolutely. And I think I was the one that was just like, you know, as as somebody who who hasn't, you know, who who has no military experience, i I would be entering this interview from a very limited standpoint. You know, so I think that this is yours. Like you got to go ahead and do it, and you did an amazing job. 
a fantastic coordinating coordinating the guests, like getting all this stuff together. You did a fantastic job. So we've got a clip here. Uh, it's a little bit of a long one, but it's definitely worth it. Uh, check it out and listen to uh, this is the uh, the roundtable for Veterans Day that uh, not even that long ago, a little over a month ago, we did this, wasn't it? Well, no, we did it. We did it at the end of September. That's right. You're right. We or, recorded. It was the no, first week of October. It was October. We yeah. recorded the, the first week of October because the chronic trips was going on. The episode this, was like a month later, I think. And this was the day where you were freaking out about the fish donkey. So there was stuff going on in the background, right. which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we recorded that segment after. Oh, my God. Like the pieces are falling together. That was the day I bashed Andy's boat. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's, I think he's going to be all right. That was a, yeah, that was a, a, a linchpin day in the, uh, the jigs and bigs history. It really was. So check this one out. I, I also want to throw out here that this clip is, uh, the first time we had ever done, um, an outdoor live recording. So we were working with a lot of things that we had never really experienced before. So check it out and give it a listen. We're here to talk a little bit about our experiences as veterans and how they've lined up with our outdoors activities, particularly, for, and for most of us, it's, it's fishing. Joe, I know you hunt, right? Yes. So we're, we're going we're gonna to go around and, and kind of talk about how being a veteran, how, how our military service has affected the time we've spent out on the water or in the woods, and, and honestly, vice versa, how we've gone out and, and become outdoorsmen, and that has driven us uh, in our professional careers to... to uh, you know, get the job done and, and make sure we're, we're good to go, even if it means staying after, staying late. Uh, we've all done active duty time, I believe. And um, we know that, you know, sometimes there's no clock. It's just when the job's done. So um, I'd like to start with, uh, with Joe. Okay. Uh, Joe, so where, where did your two worlds meet? Where did the, where did the military and the, your outdoors worlds, where did they meet? How they affected each other? Uh, man, so... <laughs> You know, when I, I, I first came in 2002, uh, December, um, I was big in the outdoors with my dad. You know, we talked about that. And, uh, you know, in the, the beginning of my military career, it kind of it kind of affected me being outdoors kind of in a negative way because uh, being a young airman at the time, I wanted to go to all the trips I possibly could go on, constantly traveling. And a lot of places I was going to, I didn't have that option of, you know, bringing a rod reel and, you know, all that. Um, a little bit into my career, I kind of kind of had some uh sense knocked into me and i was like well i gotta start bringing rods or you know one of my trips i you know a couple of my trips i would just run down to walmart and grab a 30 dollar combo just to, and i would just leave it there if i had to but um you know it's 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 done a lot in the aspect of um you know you know like we said i hunt as well so you know i've learned a lot of stuff outdoors you know wise like all of us probably have and i i, I bring that you know whether it's navigation, you know, land navigation, anything like that, I bring that into the woods with me. And, um, you know, I, I have had the opportunity to, to fish some really cool waters when I, you know, finally was able to do so. And, uh, you know, in the Midwest and the South, you know, I, like I've talked about on the podcast before, I got to, you know, do some shark fishing down in Key West, hit some waters down in uh, Missouri. And, um, yeah, so it's, uh, I guess, a traveling aspect, you know, hit some waters I typically may not be able to. It's kind of uh, where they've met. I think I think all of us have uh, have, have tried to get out at, at different bodies of water, and I do I do want to pivot right now over to over to Wild Bill. Before we started this, I as we were uh, waiting for for Brett to <clears throat> to to get in on the meeting here, um, I mentioned to Wild Bill that that this is all his fault. So I'm going to tell you why. 
So about maybe was it a month ago, Bill? We had um, you had posted on Facebook a picture from one of your deployments of you with a fishing rod at a uh, a certain deceased despot's palace holding a carp. Um, obviously, there's things we can and can't talk about, but you know, please. No, we're not worried about offending suicide bombers. So <laughs> that. Um Okay, so I know the post you're talking about. That that was when I was in Iraq. I was in, um, and that picture was taken in anyone who's familiar, uh, Victory, Camp Victory, which is like a, a huge base, uh, FOB over there, forward operating base. Combat so, fishing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's like ponds behind Saddam's old palace, and, um, you know, they're stocked. I don't know what, what else is in there, but I know there's a lot of carp. So somebody uh, from a past deployment had probably done the same thing had some cheap um spinning setups sent over there so um taking uh, a rats i think i put some uh popcorn chicken on a on a hook and <laughs> caught a couple suicide bomber carp i have videos somewhere i gotta find those but uh yeah any excuse right to to hook up so yeah those carp will eat anything yeah. and uh <laughs> i i had i had seen that and that kind of got my uh caught my mind working of you know Number one, with all of us that are together, you know, whether it's a fishing report, whether it's it's Old Glory sponsorship, whether it's, uh, you know, we're always fishing with you guys uh, with the Hookside Hoodlums. We, I started thinking about, well, who else, who else has been deployed? Who else are, are veterans in our, in our, you know, extended family here? And then, um, you know, I, I talked with Brett when uh, he and uh, Bobby and I went fishing up in the Berkshires. Uh, obviously, having worked with Andy on base, I knew he was, and, and then, you know, we advertised that you know, Old Glory is a veteran-owned business, so um, I was very glad we could all get together and, and do this, and, and I, I thought about this, you know, I, I gave this a lot of thought. Like, I thought this was a great idea to, uh, idea to do on Veterans Day, or for a Veterans Day podcast. Um, you guys know that I, I worked veteran services for a couple years, um, up to last year, actually up until the coronavirus hit. Um, I mean, this this is definitely a page out of that book where any any visibility we can get on, you know, those of us that have served, have been overseas, I, I try to do it. And that's kind of ingrained in me at this point. So up next, Brett, talk to us. What do you got? Tell us tell us about the military. Tell us about fishing. Tell us about hunting. Because I know you're uh, you're probably in between your schoolwork and, uh, and your new job sharpening uh, arrowheads, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I... Paychecks haven't really been rolling in yet, so I can't afford new arrowheads just yet. But I'm I'm trying to get there. <laughs> well, you're sharpening arrowheads for other people for change, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I served. Uh, I was in eight years altogether in the National Guard. Um, so when it comes to fishing and hunting and and the military, it kind of kind of had an effect, kind of not. Um, my biggest thing was I got activated. A lot, a lot. I mean, my stepdad served in the National Guard for 10 or 12 years. My father served for about 10 years. And between the two of them, I think I have double the amount of activations that they do. And that usually put a big hamper on fishing and, and hunting because it's like, you know, bow season's getting coming around and all of a sudden, oh, a hurricane hit New York City. Sorry, you got to go. And uh, and I'd have to had to take off for a week or, or two weeks and go do my thing down there. Uh, but uh, it definitely, you know, having that you know part time thing, but also having to drop what I'm doing as soon as something happened and take off for who knows how long. It definitely made me appreciate the time a lot more that I had 
you know, even if it's just getting on a shoreline for an hour or two after work or something, it definitely made me appreciate that a lot more being able to have what little free time I did. That's awesome. That I think, I think that's a, definitely a, a feeling that, that most of us can relate to. Um, I know for, for myself, uh, I, I did a number of deployments in the early 2000s, and then um, after that, most of my deployments were CONUS, so I was able to bring a fishing rod. And, uh, you know, I, I made sure after the, after the first one, I, I kind of got the, the idea down, so I was, you know, packing breakdown rods into my, into my luggage, and, and um, you know, I had, I had some great times uh, deploying to smaller bases uh, with some of the work I did, but on the side, you know, I would get out of work, uh, when we were done for the day and turn around and then, you know, one, one week in the summer of, oh God, I can't remember, 2012 maybe, um, I was waiting the, uh, the Shenandoah River for smallmouth. And then there was another early spring tour where, where I found a small state park in Delaware and I spent, I think, every afternoon there. Um, it wasn't military, but again, with the travel and I was still in, I mean, the amount of time I spent in Oklahoma and, and the fishing I did there, uh, Nebraska, I was there. I mean, Texas, you, you name it. I've been everywhere to, to fish in the in the Midwest, and um, yeah, I I learned to appreciate that and, and learned to make the most of the time I was on the road while in the United States. I mean, obviously, some of my uh, my you know deployments to the uh, to the desert, I couldn't fish. You know, there was no water. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I completely understand. You know, you're gone for X amount of time, and you know, when we were in the desert, the joke was, you know. What do you want to do after work today? Well, let's go fishing or go to the bar. Well, there's neither. Ha ha. Let's not, you know, talk about this again. Um, Should have been there. <laughs> <laughs> not all of us could catch carp. <laughs> all right, Andy, talk to us. What do you got? Well, first off, uh, I want to give a shout out to my son who is in the Navy. You know, um, he just recently got out, and also a fellow fisherman. Um, you know, he just, uh, you know, got out recently, picked up himself a bass boat. So, you know, solid, solid fisherman. He's been fishing his whole life and most of mine. Uh, and uh, my wife as well, uh, 14 years Army and uh, also proud fisherwoman. So, but uh, yeah, so I've, I've been uh, places where I never, ever thought I would be in my life um, and, and been able to go, hey, let's go fishing. Uh, I, I went to uh, Diego Garcia. Uh, we didn't have a lot of work. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time away from work. But uh, this place is so remote that, that they even, you know, import the locals. And that's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we were able to get out there, um, do a little fishing out there uh, in M MWR. And um, the little guy that was, uh, I say little guy because I think hardly any of them come up to the top of the gunnels on these boats. But uh, the guy goes out there, he, he rigs you up, puts you out there, uh, throws a line in the water five minutes later fish on <laughs> fish off <laughs> you know it was just it was like that fast and then we get small craft warning had to turn back around and go in and uh go back to work but we were we were out there and uh, again while i was out there i took a moment and like man i am the closest land is 1400 miles away like mainland you know and the second closest is 1600 miles away this is not something i'm going to do if i weren't in the military you know, and uh, fishing with you out in Oklahoma, um, and and I, you know, was, I was living out there and I was working out there before, and uh, it's it's it is quite an experience uh, to to be able to to do those things. And if it weren't for the military, I certainly would not be where I am today. And obviously, sitting here with you guys, 
Yeah, it, it definitely affects a lot of people's lives uh, uh, for the better if they uh, look at it the right way. Yeah, it, it's making the most out of the, wherever you're sent. That's, yeah. that's really what, for, for those of us that have, have really been around, and making the most out of wherever you're stationed, wherever you're deployed to, is so huge because you can sit around and mope, you know, when you're off hours, like, oh, I got nothing to do, or I don't feel like, you know, I mean, at this point, reading a book or playing a video game and you're going to the gym or whatever, but there's, there's, a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of positive to, to really making the most of where you're at. And then if you're able to fish or hunt, I mean, it's great. <laughs> it, is, it is really fantastic. Um, we're, Bill, were you able to fish anywhere else, you know, any other deployments? No. No, so you fish the palace, you're pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's that was it. my mountaintop. Top, top. He quit yeah. fishing after that. There's no reason to anymore. Yeah. I came out of retirement just for today, but I'm going back in an hour. No, so um, actually, I didn't fish much at all throughout them. I did eight years in the army, uh, most of which in the time in the reserves. So um, you know, I had my my regular professional life, my job, and and family stuff. But um, much like what Brett said. Um, the reserves. I was sent all over the place all the time. So if I had the opportunity to fish, um, I can't recollect it now. Like, I mean, I, I never took advantage of that opportunity anyway, if I did have it. Um, I, I fished growing up, you know, my all my childhood. And um, obviously I s- slowed down a little bit in high school. And then when, um, I'll tell you, when it, it really picked back up was coming back from overseas. Um, I guess those things are, uh, you know, they correlate now, but I maybe didn't realize that at the time. But um, coming home and and not saying like you know I, I, I had no problem coming back but i'm saying coming home and just finding that that's something that's like familiar um we we do a million things in our life right but that's probably been the one thing that's been consistent throughout my life so um that kind of like uh you know like your center or something like that and then of course now it's just with you people and stuff like that it, it's just um you find people with common interests and uh addictions <laughs> like fishing <laughs> so uh yeah it's been it's been very consistent and um you know no break since then but i think that was like more of like a coming home and uh going back to uh familiar territory type of thing that was a really good clip um had to leave it in there because there's so many great stories from fantastic folks and friends of the show and i i do i love the way um i i love the way that bill kind of wrapped it up around there and he's like yeah when you come back home fishing in the outdoors is like that that consistent that you can kind of relate to and make a connection to that's familiar when you're when you're back and you're you're living you know a civilian life you know yep and and i chose that clip because that was the one segment out of everything where um everybody got in on yeah some of the other segments there were some back and forth that maybe you know one or more of the um participants didn't get in on but everybody was in on that one i said you know what that was the one that also set the stage for the rest of the show and um i mean you could tell i think we're you know we're all i'm nervous a little bit as a uh as as a podcast host on that because i've never done anything like that mm-hmm. and then you could tell everybody else is kind of easing into that conversation so yeah. i think the beginning of it did sound a little tighter but we all loosened up a couple segments later but like i said not everybody got in on every other segment so it was um this one I thought was important to to put put up with everybody participating. So oh, exactly, man. And it captured it. it. It answered that. That was the first question I thought of when I kind of came up with this whole thing. And um, yeah, I think that was the the running theme of that one. So it was good. It was yeah. awesome. And thank everybody again for participating. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was that was uh, uh, it was a great episode all around. But you're right. Like and like you were saying before we started that clip. 
you know, there was that was a crazy day. That that entire day was just absolutely insane. Like that that hit, we ran that with our it was our interview with the first Ken. time we had Ken on yep. the show. Uh but we recorded that early on. It was the first weekend in October and it was it was during that Chronic Trips tournament and we had gone and fished. We got there for I think we got there for for sun up and then went out and fished all day and then about about noontime or so, we decided to call it. And, you know, I mean, the, I remember the wind was crazy. Like, uh, the water was just absolutely insane. It was colder than hell uh, for, you know, that time of year. Things were starting to really kind of cool cool down. And it was just, it was, I had like, the worst possible day of fishing uh, I have ever had. And, you know, it, it is what it is. And ultimately, that day led to the, what would be the, um, that episode that followed that weekend was the, Leading into this, this is our last clip. Yeah, our last. That really, clip. that really, uh, that day was was monumental for a number of reasons, and this was the biggest. This is the one where the therapy, the 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 infamous therapy session. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Pause. So I have um, this last clip is giving me a problem. So I'm going to go and reopen the. Uh, the software for it and I'm going to reload it. Okay. I'm going to keep mine on mute for a little while because Nelson's supposed to be coming over. I don't want the dogs to go fucking ape shit. Yeah, that's fine. That's no even problem. if they're, even if they're locked up, they'll go ape shit. Hold that's what they do. Let me, it's their jobs. I just want to fix this. So I loaded it on the other deck and it was fine, but, and then I, I tried to just make sure that it wasn't tweaking something. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to go. All right, cool. All right, so here we go. I had a great weekend, but there was that one point of darkness where I was like, I got to delete this freaking app, man, because I felt like with such a limited amount of time to fish, and this is what we were talking about before we recorded, with that limited amount of time to fish, I really kind of, I don't know that if my, that my mental health can take a monthly tournament per se. And you and I have talked about this a little bit before, but something about this last month and knowing how limited the amount of time is that I've got really, really had an effect on me. And I, I, I had a, it was, I think it was in the conversation with Debo when I, I asked him about tournament fishing and he was just like, yeah, you know, he's like, I'm not, I don't want to interfere with my release of stress and pressure and, and have to be concerned with competing. And it kind of like, I, I don't know if it necessarily, and then actually in the interview for today that you're going to hear with Ellie, uh, when Elise and I were having our conversation, we both agreed. We're like, when we join tournaments, it's a goddamn donation. <laughs> like we're just, it's a shit show. We, we go in there and the expectation is like so low because of some of the caliber of the people that we're working, that we're, we're involved with or that we're competing against. It's just more like for fun. And I, I, you know, I think after the conversation, she was speaking about like a day long tournament versus the only tournaments I've ever done have been these month long series. And you just carry that weight of that pressure. Like I got to get out and fish and I got to do numbers or in this case, I've got to, I've got to change up species. And I don't know that that's necessarily where I want to be per se. So I was like, what do I do? And that's why my decision was. I'm just going to delete because there were moments where, and I've, I've been on the boat with Tim Jacks. I've been uh, in the kayaks with you. I've been, uh, you know, on the boat with Andy and I'd hear the donkey. And the first place where my head goes is son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
because well, that's the first place that's yeah. the first place everybody's head goes with that donkey noise and i yeah. love that thing and I, I even sent you a text um was it two nights ago um you know i i've been using attorney x for the uh <clears throat> for the bass tournaments i'm in and it's a really straightforward app it's no frills it's it's good i like it, it and I think when we started this fish donkey use, you and I had some conversations about, well, you know, we we were just on the user end. And I think there's some things that we had questions about, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But now, now that I'm, I'm, ad, uh, I'm administering it, like being on the phone with fish donkey and, and their customer support has been phenomenal. And it has started they to like, are grow good. on me. Bonnie at yeah, fish donkey is amazing. Yeah. Like I've, I've, she's answered questions before because we we've talked about doing our own tournaments for the show. And eventually, eventually we're going to get there uh, where we're going to have our own, you know, tournaments and things like that. And I will say like fish donkey for that is they're really, really helpful. And I don't know, maybe that's because are, are they, they're relatively a newer company, a newer yeah, they're a startup out of Minnesota. So, mm-hmm. so I actually, um, I actually, when I was on the phone with them one day while they were working through something, I think it was with the camera issues yep. with the iPhone, which I'll get into in a little bit. The, um, they're, they're out of Minnesota. What I noticed was using Tourney X, there weren't a lot of Minnesota tournaments using that. And I said, well, what's that's interesting? Land of ten thousand lakes. You would definitely think the chronic trip stuff. Yeah, I looked into the number of tournaments uh, in Minnesota, and it was just a lot of their, their tournaments are being run. So when I talked with Bonnie about that, I said, you know, what's the deal with that? She goes, well, we're a startup and they're using it. And she, she talked a little bit about some of the walleye circuits that are using it and this and that and the other thing. So that was, that was kind of nice. And then she said, well, uh, you vacation up here. Huh? We had talked about that. And I said, yeah. She goes, well, when next time you vacation, I'll let you know where the good tournaments are. I said, okay. <laughs> so that was, that was kind of fun. That's kind of uh, fun. But yeah, but as, as far as like the tournament mentality, um, yep. I know, I know I've got a lot, not a lot, what, five, four or five years more of experience. And I, I can say this, I used to get really wound up about tournaments too. Yep. And I think everybody does when they start and you got to realize it's not, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, especially and, with, and, a, know, with a it's, month long. It's not, that's not the first time that I've heard that from you with these yep. month long tournaments and you're, you're a hundred percent right, but it's, you know, and, and I've tried actually this month going in with that mentality and i was like okay cool you know it's it's about the distance but yeah go so go on what you're saying i guess i wanted to just yeah, reference so, that <laughs> yeah i mean like like when i first started tournament fishing it was a lot of opens on kongamon and kongamon is a yeah. notoriously difficult place to fish for for beginners especially just in the bass circuit because it's it gets hammered yeah um it's deep it doesn't have a lot of structure and there's recreational traffic so if you're starting out there you're going to get frustrated whether you know it or not. And yep. there was a long time that I would just do those tournaments and I would just get angry. And then, <clears throat> then once, um, once the online and the monthly started popping up, you know, whether it was tourney X through Mac B or, or, um, kayak tournaments online, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me. Yeah. Kayak, yeah. Kayak tournaments online.com, uh, which Casey Reed runs out of Virginia. Then I was at that point where I was just out fishing. All right. And then if I caught a big fish, yeah, I would get I would get pissed that it wasn't you know in a tournament in a tournament. Yeah, so like those monthly tournaments, when you look at it the other way, mm. coming from you know a person who's out fishing all the time, you just do what you do, let the cards fall where they may, where they may, and then if you get a big fish, those go in. Yeah, and you don't. I'm not. I don't sweat anything anymore. It's just I'm out fishing. I know that you know I'm not sweating it, but it affects like you know. Great example Saturday. Um, I could have gone on a bass boat. I had first dibs on it. I'm like, no, I'm taking yeah. my kayak just just to make sure that if I do look, you know, at this lake that I 
have not had any good luck at it, nor have I heard anyone having good luck at it with bass. Just in case I, I hit that one fish that's worth something, I just want to make sure that that I, I can put it in. And it's not, you know, like, I, like I've talked about before, I, I go out every day when I fish with the same set of gear, the same set of expectations. Mm -hmm. And I know that just in case, and, and honestly the same mentality, but I know that just in case that I catch something that's worthwhile, it's going to count. So I don't sweat it and it, it, I'm going to get skunked. Yeah. Uh, oh it yeah. It, it, you know? it, it's, it's a part of it. Like there's nothing you can do, you know? I mean, it, it's, it just comes yeah. along with the territory and I mean, yeah. you know, you, you make a really valid point, but to that, I throw out there that like, you know, and, and especially actually with, with, with you having the, the record keeping that you do and everything. And I know for you, there's a goal, like to educate your own self with what works and what doesn't and to gather as much Intel as you can to make better decisions long-term. I, I get that. But I, I guess really at the it's it's when you said something about there being if you catch a fish and you're not in a tournament, that great fish is like it's almost like it doesn't have value. And I, that's, no, 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 no. Well, no, no, hold on. Yeah, like, let's not. I don't want to put words in my mouth. It doesn't have monetary value. So I'll give you a great yeah. example. I mentioned last year that when I really got into these monthly tournaments, mm -hmm. right, I had I had a phenomenal two weeks to close out July and start August. And I mean, I caught three pin fish and a number of twenties. Yeah. I, 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 what I did was I closed out the July kayak tournaments online tournament in the last two days and just killed it. Yep. And on top of that, I won the August in the first two days of August. It was like four days of just punishing two, two bodies of water with yep. big fish. Yep. And, and what I did was I was just curious and I said, you know what? I wasn't doing the KBF monthlies last year. And I said, I wonder how I would have finished with those with legs those, because yeah. a lot, a lot of the guys do both. And I, what I did was I cheated myself out of about $500. Yeah. Because you weren't I entered I, at those times, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. So what I do is now, I, I my budget for the year, when I look at when I look at fishing tournaments, I do track my tournament. Um, I know last year, kayak tournaments online started with a March. But every, every uh, April through October, I'm in kayak tournaments online and I'm in the mass KBF. And there's a lot of guys that do both. Yeah. So if you win, if you win one, you double dip. Yep. Even if you finish second, second or third, they pay out you know different things. But yeah. if you enter one and don't enter the other, the the fish that you've caught yep. are monetarily not worth anything. That yeah. Way. So it it helps pay for itself. Um, with with tournament fees, I'm not going to say it's going to cover gas or or all your lures oh, no. or this or and that. But I mean, if you're out recreationally fishing anyway, that's money spent anyway. Any regardless, so it's it's really yeah, yeah. kind of hard to to factor that kind of cost in there, because if you were going to be fishing anyway, then that's exactly it. I guess, I guess my point is like more that I, I don't, I don't see the, um, the, the value in being entered when I get the level of joy that I want out of fishing and just documenting what I catch and, uh, keeping track of that. Like for instance, I have never in my life, uh, gotten frustrated because I didn't catch a fish of a specific caliber um, until I was in a tournament. Like I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It, it was, it was that like I could catch nibblers all day and I would be actually legitimately content. You know I mean? Hey, oh yeah, it was a great big numbers day. Awesome. Cause my, my focus, and I understand this, that there are anglers out there. I've talked, I've spoken to many that do not tournament fish at all. Um, but they're like, you know, I like it gets more to, I guess it gets more to like 
where you're placing your decisions with what you want to be doing with your time. Um, and I'm not trying to poo-poo tournament fishing at all. Like I'm just saying that for me, I don't know that doing this monthly tournament like practice is beneficial to my mental health. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I think that's that's really what it gets down to is that um, there were a number of times where like I've been very public about well not very public but uh, like I've I, one of one of my greatest joys in life is is to fish with my buddy Paul and you know as I had mentioned before Paul just had his surgery for pancreatic cancer and I can remember him scheduling time to get out and fish with me and while he was going through chemotherapy and I was in a in a tournament and I was like this is really shitty and there were a couple of instances where i was like leave my catchboard at home just yeah, because then, it mattered more to me to just have the experience whether it's i mean and he and i have been skunked more than any any couple of guys in the it's just we just yeah. have that kind of history you know what i mean and yep. it, it's just like for for me like sometimes i need fishing to be more about the trip than about the inches. Yeah. So, so what I can, what I can tell you about with, yep. with the way I approach it is, you know, the setup, the fishing itself mm -hmm. is still where I have, I have a lot of joy. Okay. I still, I, I, yeah. I love catch. I, I love catching that trout. I had fun catching those nibblers the other day. I still, I still get a joy out of every time I feel a bump off a lure. Yeah. Right. I, I, the, the, what is it? The tug is the drug. I still yep. get that. Every oh, time. for sure. Whether, whether, whether it's a three inch bluegill or a 30 inch yep. bike. And I should throw out get. there too that that Saturday, it got to a point where I was throwing baits that you and I discussed would not get hit, and they were getting hit. Like yeah. that's that's part of the reason that was like you and I our first discussion was about I, I asked you if it would be a wise decision to throw spinner baits, and I, it, it was windy, it was choppier than hell. I figured screw it, I'm like I'm just going to throw a spinner bait. We'll give it a shot. And this was within about like that last thirty minutes of fishing, and I was get, I was getting bumps on every single bait I threw. And I think that's part of the reason why I was having such a problem is I was like, why am I not connecting at all? And then it's that whole like, well, shit, this was a four hour trip on the water that got you nowhere in that tournament. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and, and in fact, it actually <clears throat> hung over like a dark cloud over what would have just been what was already an amazing day with amazing people. Yeah. So, so there's that's a lot what my problem is. There's a lot to unwrap there. Yeah, I mean, there is. Number one, you, you know, you said yourself that four hours. So we talked before we we started recording yep. um, about this monthly tournament. And I, I I said something. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase myself. Mm -hmm. But with a monthly tournament, I feel no pressure. All I do is just bring my ruler with me. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That's that's uh, the, the pressure is to remember to bring the ruler. And when I get in my truck to go fishing, life vest, paddle, ruler. ruler and make sure my phone's charged. And that's it. That's that's my mental yeah. checklist. Um, I'm a robot about that. I'm not a robot about catching fish. But with with a with a daily tournament, mm -hmm. the, the big skill that any angler has to have, and if you, you can you can have every lure, you can have literally every lure ever made in your boat. Let's yeah. pretend you have a let's pretend you're out bass fishing in the Titanic and you have access to every lure. Every ever single made. you have a bass bass pro shop on deck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have a barge that you can stop into for any lure. Yep. With every color. If you don't have the ability to read the water, and that comes with experience, yeah, every oh, lure in, in the universe right. is worthless yep. to you because you can get out of the water, and if you don't have a place to start and then a, an adjustment to make, if you need to, 
you're screwed. That is the biggest skill in mm-hmm. competitive fishing. Yep. So when you're talking about the stress of, of, of having a monthly, uh, I'm a little concerned that, that maybe you're overthinking it, but you're also, you know, you don't have that experience level. And I overthought it when I would do those, those individual tournaments. But mm-hmm. let me tell you something, when you have an eight hour window yep. and you have to read the water and guys around you are catching massive fish and you're seeing them do it, you yeah. want to talk about stress. I still get that. Oh, I you know? I believe it, but I, I guess for me, I uh, the the for for me the main focal point is that at the end of that eight hours, that stress is done. You can put it behind you. You don't have to worry about it. So when you go out and you have like you know I said those four hours for that one day. Well, let's say there's four hours every single week I'm able to get out on the water, and yep. I like in this case there there legitimately is it's about sixteen hours total. I'll be I, I'll be able to put out on the water that I can plan for, the impromptu trips here and there for stuff that's different. But you know when so when you're when you're calculating these times and you're factoring in what you've got and then you're like so this is where my progress is. Now, let's say it's seven days before I'm able to get back out or even just a couple of days. Well, now I'm still carrying that stress from that. It could have actually even been a great day. It could have been an amazing day. And then I've got that confidence carrying over until such and such a time. But then what happens in that next two days if I get an alert that, oh, that fish that I caught, you know, is out then has dropped down another point or now I need it. You know, it's it's you carry that stress for a longer period of time where versus where if you're just in it for a day, like just a derby or even a, a weekender or something, at least you can block it out and kind of like say, I'm going to manage the stress that I'm putting myself into. Because let's let's be honest here. I don't think there is a tournament situation that has a, an absolute zero stress impact for any tournament angler. I think that there's always something in there, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, maybe this is my history with, with competitive athletics, but, mm-hmm. um, my thought is with a monthly tournament, I mean, with a, with, excuse me, with a, with a daily tournament, yep. um, you've got those eight hours and there's no going back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no, there's no plus and up, but with a monthly, well, if you've got six, let's say you've got 16 hours to fish and you yep. go, oh, for your first two, four hour outings, you still got time to, to, to put something on the board. It's true. And what I, what with the with the, the the chronic trips one and why I keep recommending this as a good starting point. Yep. For 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 beginning competitive anglers, you go out there. You got every species in the world, right? So let's say you you know the big thing is with with anything in life. And now we're going to get into life lessons from Sean the fisherman. But <laughs> buckle up, kids. Yeah, you might. Yeah, get ready. Have your parents in the room for this one. So, <laughs> but setting a goal, an attainable goal. If you're a brand new angler and you're stepping into, you know, I mean, I know it's different from the, from the, 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 the can athletes, uh, the can athletes and yeah. sponsors, but no, actually it's not. If it's you, what if you said, you know what? I am not concerned with my placing in this tournament and get that into your head. I've been right? saying and, that since day one and start. Yeah. But start with a bear, but you're all over the place too. You're not focusing yeah. on, you're not setting a goal of, I want to catch one eight inch bluegill, one eight inch crappie. One yep. eight-inch perch and one eight-inch largemouth. Or make any four species. Like, hey, I want to catch four of these. That's yeah. my goal. Fuck everybody else. That's yeah. my goal. Okay? So, like, when I get into these tournaments with these big names, and actually I do want to talk a little bit about the biggest of the big kayak tournaments that just mm-hmm. happened this past weekend um, a little later on. But when I get into these tournaments, um, I know that my money might be a donation. I know that I am going into, uh, you know, particularly with the ones out east, I'm going into a lot of unknown waters. Yep. 
Um, if I'm lucky, I fished there before and I might be able to apply some past knowledge, but I know that I am going to have to get out there and read the water quickly. And it actually, it makes me feel better that I'm in these monthlies because with the chronic trips, like last time at, uh, at, uh, Lake Snippetuit out in Rochester, Mass, mm-hmm. I was in the large mouth. There's large mouth in there and there's pickerel. Yep. The, I caught a 22 inch pickerel. I was beaten out by the 20, the, the, by somebody else who got a 22 and a half yep. or 23, whatever it was. But that 22-inch pickerel went into my any five category in the chronic trip. So I was happy. I was fine. I got my ass smoked. I think I finished top five there. Um, but it was by a lot. It wasn't like I was close to whoever won. Mm-hmm. But that was a goal. Like stick with, be competitive, goal, goal reached. I didn't put I didn't make my put these undue pressures on myself to to win. I was well behind, you know, I think halfway through the day until I went to a, a yep. deeper part of the part of the lake and, and went out there and had some luck. But I should throw out there that I've never had it in my head that I was gonna win this. Never. No, but yeah. But you've like, got something in your head with some sort of expectation that uh, might not be realistic for your skill set. So just like take yeah. it easy. You're you're a sponsor. You know that, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're covering the the tournament, you and I. Exactly. Um, we get we get information out on that. Um and, and just roll with that. Just say, okay, we're we're you know, you put it's only twenty five bucks. I mean, really. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll enter it every year and then just delete the app. Like I'm it's, <laughs> I, for for me every every month. I mean, it, it's just I know for me it does not work. It oh, doesn't. Like it's, it's just you know, it, it, and it, and it and it is what it is. And like I've gone out and tried to fish for trout, and I've and in fact I was that day uh, that's last Saturday. I was throwing what I was throwing and was having follows, just not connecting. Then I started throwing the exact same setup that that Andy was throwing and was still not not connecting at all. Which at that point, you know, we're about to pull the boat up onto the ramp. I can't get out of my own head, and yeah. I don't I don't need that as a guy who owns a business, owns multiple businesses, <laughs> has a family, is his own boss, produces his podcast every single week, you know, like I don't need that kind of additional strain. I need fishing to be my release and I just need to enjoy it. So like I said, like I uh, initially I didn't want to even talk about this. I was just going to yeah. delete the app and leave it alone and then and and leave it as as it was. Like it's just more about making the decision of of how I need to treat fishing for myself and more be open to the fact that fishing is whatever fishing is to the fisherman. Yeah. You know, and I get it. And it, yeah. it, you know, it's something, something that you and I have talked about this quite a bit. It's, yep. it, it is fishing. It can be whatever you want. If you don't want to compete, yeah. that's, that's great. There's a million, you know, YouTubers and, and everyday anglers that go out. Oh yeah. But unfortunately, unfortunately with social media, when you see, you know, as a competitive angler, yeah. um, sometimes I'll look at someone's fishing posts and they, they go beyond sometimes some of them, and I'm not painting everybody with broad brush, but they'll go beyond, Hey man, I went out and caught, caught a couple of fish and did good, you know, and you get a thumbs up. Yeah. You know, everyone looks for that instant gratification. Sometimes it turns into downright shit talking and then competitive anglers, most yeah. of us will keep our mouth shut and say, Oh, you're so good. What, st- come, come out and play with the big boys, you know? And, and yeah. That's you know, exactly like that's it. A, there, there is that's definitely like, like a I'm in this separate tier of of uh, angling because I compete and I you know I put myself in a class 
of these angles. I mean, I, I suppose you could even say that just being in there, whether or not you're at the top of the leaderboard, you know, at the end of the tournament or not, you know, you're like, I, I, I went up against some of the best of the best, you know, and, and it is what it was. I will say this though. I, you know, what's weird. We had a friendly competition, uh, in mid September with, uh, with Andrew and Bill from Hookset Hoodlums and Delirious Angler and then and then Joel from the Hookset Hoodlums Pro Staff. We had and that was one day we had a measured amount of time and it was it was a competition with stakes, actual stakes, you know? And I had a blast that day. I fished for shit. I caught one pickerel all day. And because it wasn't in the species that we were looking for, it didn't matter, you know? I mean, it, it didn't yeah. it didn't benefit anybody. Yet at the end of that day, like I I was so fulfilled in that one challenge. And I think it had to do with the fact that at the end of the day, I I knew I I brought nothing to the table as far as catching um anything that was going to benefit. Like that pickerel in the chronic trips would have been great if it was in October. You know, I mean yeah. I, th- I think I think it measured it's- in at like 13, 14. I'm like, would have been would have been helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I can say with, with my own history with competitive fishing, yep. you know, um, I would do friendly stuff with my friends and, and honestly, a couple of times it, it stopped being friendly, you know, yeah. it, it happens, it escalates, you get yeah. friends, just like, just like if you're playing darts in a Poker league with them or, or you're, playing, yeah. you're playing basketball, you can be, you know, you can have a guy that stood up at your wedding and he stood up at yours and, you know what, if you're playing basketball and you guys are both serious about it, somebody's going to take an elbow and that's, you know, it gets left on the court. Exactly. Yeah. But, but during that time where I really, you know, started developing the the database I was keeping and really started tracking myself, Mm -hmm. um, I would do friendly stuff, but that was where I built my experience and built my confidence so that I knew that if it was a monthly tournament or a daily tournament I was getting into, um, I could go out there and, and at least I had a plan and goals. Yeah. You know what I mean, and and maybe you're at that point where and, you and might I, take you might take three years and just write everything down, and then the next thing, three years from now, you're like, hey, you know what? I've found that I have a strength in midsummer fishing, mm-hmm. and I want to start measuring myself against others yeah. to, to how I'm doing in midsummer fishing. Maybe you have problems in the spring, maybe you have problems in the fall. I'm being facetious, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I'm just throwing an example mm-hmm. out there, but you you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a development process that every angler needs to 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 go through at their own pace with their own goals. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's not where you're at right now is fishing tournaments, but you might be in five years. You never know. That's, I mean, and, you, and that's what I hang out with me constantly. And I have, that's exactly it. Yeah. That, that insane amount of experience. And I have a diff, completely different perspective on it yep. where I want every time I go out on the water, I got sick of getting to a point where I was catching big fish, big, you know, m- you know, big new England, largemouth, And they didn't mean anything money monetarily like wow i, I yeah. hate I, it, it it wore on me where i would think what if this fish was in a tournament you know what's funny it's funny when we're, we're talking about catching fish and the value that they have whether that be monetary value in a tournament or something for me like so my my pb currently is 19 and three quarter inches right you put which it is in, no fish to sniff at no no not at all you put it first first largemouth in in this current tournament you put in was a 20 the real like goal for me is to have that fish, a 20 like that, hanging up right here behind me. A replica. That's to me, that means more than anything else, to the point where I can have replicas of these amazing creatures like 
hanging up so I can, you know what I'm saying? It's about capturing those memories. Like it, it's, it's amazing to go and say, you know, oh, I've got, you know, look, my Facebook feed and stuff like that, or my Instagram feed. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. But to me, that's like, so for, for me, the, the goal that I have right now is to break 19 and three quarter and then do a replica, you know, and then beyond that break 21 break 22. And eventually that's sort of like where my goal is at. So, you know, uh, when it comes to, and I, you know, I do think that actually like, like your note taking, uh, it needs to get a little bit more of a spotlight put on it because I think it's really important to take that information and kind of go with it. Um, and you gotta, you do have to set goals. Absolutely. I think it was earlier when we first started, was this spring and I was just having an awful spring. Like there was just two or three weeks where it was just terrible. And I went out, I was just having this awful day and I said, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to strip everything way down. I'm just going to fish nothing but the TCR rig because I, I know one, I won't get hung up and I've had nibbles at it before in this color. So I started working that and the, you know, I, I caught a couple of dinks, you know, but I caught a couple of dinks and I set the goal and I saw it through. So you're right about, about setting goals, but I think that whether those goals are, are monetary or tournament based, um, in a structured competition, or even just with yourself, I think that what you're, you know, what you're doing as far as like capturing this information and, and having this data, and definitely being able to go back and look at it is is a great idea. So whether you're using your Instagram feed or you're using something like Fishbrain or Angler and you're tracking your stuff that way, having the ability to go back and know what worked in what bodies of water at what time of year under what conditions is like the pinnacle of what you need to really just gain success. You know? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Um, I don't know. And, no, no, and I'm a big getting- party guy. Like I like I like tournaments – and I like the social element of what we did on Saturday more than anything else. I'm a big social guy. So like, yeah. yeah. With, with my friends, when we were doing, when I was really, you know, I'm going to say learning my craft with, with the way we, you know, I fish now, um, we would do either one-off events for a day, for a day or, um, you know, do a weekend long thing. And what I would do is to make it a little fun. I would go over to, uh, what is it? It's Din Trophy Brothers over in Holyoke. And I would have them make a little uh-huh. trophy, just something goofy and grave. We call we give it a silly name, you know, and, you know, it would be a little first place trophy and a lunker trophy. But then what I made sure to do was whoever lost that weekend would have a scarlet letter. So I, dude, I found this freaking old life preserver <laughs> from, from, I don't know what I, I it said the the SS lollipop on it and that person had to have oh, that in their boat for the, until the next tournament. <laughs> so was it like the it old canvas crazy. style? Like oh yeah, dude, it was awful. It, was, it looked, dude, it was dirty. I didn't clean it. I'm like, yeah, this is, whoever loses gets the SS lollipop. It was disgusting. That's awesome. you know after a few after a few beers, somebody's wearing it around their head. I'm like, you're gonna get syphilis from that. Yeah. Oh it yeah. It's awful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's. Competitive fishing's a, a you know a fickle thing, and that's why you know you see throughout the year. And I've, I can say this now after fishing competitively with a number of different groups over the yep. past few years, you see people get really spun up in spring. I'm going to go out. I'm going to competitive fish, and I'm going to do this. And the numbers drop by the time October rolls around. You see tournaments that would fill up in a week take two weeks to fill up. Oh yeah, tournaments tournaments that had 25 people in it now only have 10. You know, it, it happens because 
Um, the enthusiasm wanes over the summer. And then on top of that, a lot of people get into it and they want to measure themselves. And I don't think they come into it with realistic goals and they go up against some, some guys who are fishing in the national championship or fishing regional championships. And it's a meat grinder. You got to know your, what you're getting into when you fish these things. So, I mean, what I can tell you with, with your situation, just to to wrap this up, because we definitely have gone off a lot longer than I think we both were going to talk about this, but it's fine. I, I mean, this yeah. is a, a good conversation. Oh, for, absolutely. And this this any- may, this episode's going to end up being like three hours because this this interview is an hour over an hour long, and it's worth yeah, everything. Like I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is worth everything that's in there. Entertaining as hell, but this yeah. is also has a lot of value too. You know, so yeah, yeah. we're delivering. Jigs and Bigs is delivering today. Yeah, and. and you- <laughs> Definite applause for, for us talking about this. But yeah, I mean, it's it's too, it's a different perspective. You, you should always be aware that, you know, even even a tournament angler, an experienced tournament angler is yeah. not going to get every penny back they put in. Oh, Expect no. Expect to lose some money, yeah. you know, and, and, it's, and it's, um, it's like any kind of gambling, you know, I mean, you're you're at the mercy of your abilities. You're also at the mercy of Mother Nature. And you're at the mercy of things you can't control with other anglers. You, that's the big thing. Oh, yeah. and, and like I said, I have that athletic background. I I played sports up through high school and and continue to play even you know intramural leagues in the military. And I like that competition. I get a rush from that. And yep. you, I don't I don't know what you played for sports growing up if you did, but if you have that and you like to compete, that's a that's a different mindset. Really. I think that it it probably takes that to kind of transition from the fishing as a leisure activity to fishing as a competitive activity and, and add that in there. And, and I was never into sports at all. I was the, you know, I I was the music geek, you know what I mean? Like I was, it was all about just shit I wanted to do, you know? And, and I think that, that, that definitely makes it the crossover a little bit easier if you've got an athletic background and you're like, uh, you've got some level of competition, no matter what it might be, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I keep that Although, fire burning with, with, com- with competition for myself for fishing. Yep. And then I still coach basketball and have for years. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you got it, you got it. If you want to compete, you're going to want to compete. And yep. that, that's one thing that drives me. And, and when you do the homework, like I feel I have over the course of a decade, and you can go out and compete and you might not win many, but you win one. That means something like I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm still in quite like in a, in a state of disbelief that I went out on that, that Nashville river tournament and won that. Yep. But I prepped, right. I didn't have to change lures. I, I knew what I was doing going in and, and mm-hmm. luckily my luck held out because there was some late runs at that shit. And yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm happy about that. That was, that was an accomplishment. Yep. Um, what I'm finding on, on a completely different, friendly level of competition is over the past three months, I've gotten, I think, friendly with, with, with Mark Huard, Mark and I approach fishing completely differently. Yeah. And, and it has been an absolute slugfest between he and I with the way we're fishing. And it's so much fun because, you know, the other day I caught that tiger trout when we were out. And the first thing I got when the fish donkey thing went off was a text from Mark with uh, a congratulations on my trout saying, hey, nice tiger trout. And then a middle finger with a laughing emoji. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so that's that's where we're at now, Mark. Huh? Yeah. And, then, and then he responded, I think that day or the next day, he turned up a catfish. I'm like, what are you doing turning up catfish? Yeah. Nobody's been back and forth. And it's it's really friendly. And, and I'm sure Brock's going to get into it because, you know, once I recap the chronic trips for the week. Uh, Brock has inserted him himself into the title picture because he's a pretty heavy saltwater fisherman. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, fish to the level you're comfortable with. You're That's obviously com- you're comfortable with these with with you know a one day maybe a, a gimmick event, which is awesome, man. And yep. involve me in some of those because I'd like I, I like I those would, too. Yeah, I would rat. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think for just just you know for me, I would I would love to to further that a little bit. And I know you and I have talked about the idea of of doing some jigs and bigs tournament stuff that comes from the podcast itself and organized it. And and what's interesting is I feel like our, our take on that has sort of, sort of been like a mirror image of exactly what we're talking about right now. Like you've wanted to create a ongoing, um, regulated, uh, monthly style, um, uh, tournament that, that was uh, associated with the podcast that's, that's out there for people to compete with. And my focus, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you, you, you recall, I've always said, I think that's a great idea, but I think we have to do at least a quarterly or a, you know, semi-annually, like a listener thing that's nationwide. Anybody can take part of it, just have a good time and whatnot. And then I think even on the local level, I've I've said what really interests me is the idea of doing like a meetup event. Something yep. where you're like, you've got people that are are all together and like, you know, it's it for for me the big thing with fishing that that I think is the greatest thing of the sum of all of it, whether they be competitors, whether they be uh, industry people, whether they just be uh, fellow anglers, you know, fishing buddies. It's the community that I think is really special about what it is that we do. So, like, regardless of where what your role might be in that community, I think everybody's really important and that we all play a certain kind of role. So, like, I think tournament-wise, it... it for me, if if you're getting what you need to out of it, awesome. And I agree, like this Chronic Trips tournament is fantastic, especially if you're just like, I want to try tournament angling. You know, this is a great way to do it. And, you know, it's multi-species. It's fun. Uh, it, you know, it's it's fantastic. For me, I know it's not necessarily the greatest spot to be in. That's that's fine, man. I, everybody's everybody's got a different perspective on stuff, and I get that. I yep. just, I mean, right now you're in it. You might as well finish it. You yeah, know? yeah, that's, yeah. That's my two cents. There's, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a quote out there uh, that is a Sean the Fisherman quote. There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> There's a hundred percent a lot to unpack there. Um, couple of things. First off, about the clip as a whole, um, I mentioned that clip. Uh, directly in the uh, podcasters roundtable that I did uh, that that dropped on Christmas Eve, uh, we talked about one of the things was um, connecting with your audience, uh, whether it be and and actually it was it was kind of brought up during the the Debo clip, um, and I mentioned it here actually like that you know when you connect with your with your fans uh, and your followers and you have that engagement it comes full circle and you get feedback because of it. This episode brought tons of messages when it dropped, uh, mainly through Instagram. A lot of messages people came in and were just like, "Dude, I totally hear you. Like, I can't like process the monthly competition uh, in an effective way where it doesn't take a toll versus." putting a competition into a shorter amount of time for a compartment and putting it there just to kind of process it. So it was amazing that we had this conversation and that feedback had come in. And I, I, you know, I knew when I was, when I was kind of going through all this in my head, I was just like, 
I know I'm not the only one out there. I'm positive of it, but it was it was definitely reassuring when I got some people that were just like, I feel you. I know exactly how you feel. You know, it's, I've been there too. Um, but also, I, I I got the uh, I got the opposite side. I got a lot of feedback of is Bobby okay? Like he's getting <laughs> he's getting really fucking wound up over a tournament, man. I, I got numerous messages of that, and I'm like, I, I honestly, and I was. Um, we talked about it during the show, and yep. since then, you and I have talked about it a couple times. Like, oh yeah, real. I really think that because you didn't have an athletic background, us athletes develop that coping mechanism over time. Yeah, where you're not going to win every game. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. we, that's it's like second nature. Like, I don't worry about it. I, and it's you I've know lost way more than I've won, and I know that. And it, it's, it, you know, I, I hate to say that it's it's like like you said, like you're not going to win every game. It's not even so much about that, but it's more like it's got to do with like anxiety management. Is is what it is, you know. I mean, how, yeah. how, is it is it easier to to deal with anxiety for an eight hour window or for a thirty day window? Well, see, the, the again, we talked about that during the podcast. Yeah, the anxiety you're level you're managing over a thirty day period is way less than the anxiety you're managing. Yes, over the eight hour. That it's the intensity. The intensity is a slow burn. Exactly. It, a, it's a, it's just that you're road flare. you're carrying it for a longer period of time. So you're picking it up and putting it down and picking it up. There's there's peaks and valleys, you know. There's times where you're getting out there to fish and then there's times that that they're not. And and it's, you know, <clears throat> I know like for for me mentally, it's a better decision to go into a situation, focus on a day and say this is what's happening and it is what it is because the end is right there. Like the timing of that conversation was the first week of November. And keep in mind, I'm looking at my planner and I'm knowing that I only have X amount number of hours that are available within that month to fish. So as those days are more and more, or, or I should say, increasingly, uh, increasingly less productive, the more that stress carries on. And it's that time in between that's the worst. It's not even when you're on the water. It's that time in between where it's just kind of eating at the back of your head. And you're like, oh. son of a bitch. Like, that's that's what it is. But there was something else about that that I thought was fantastic. Was And, and we I forgot that I mentioned this, but that competition that we had done with uh, the Da Bomb hot sauce was amazing. Like, truly amazing truly fantastic it was so much fun and you want to talk about like there were real stakes involved there you know granted mainly for the loser and like i said in the in in that clip i fished like garbage that day it was terrible i was carried by joel and andrew like if it wasn't for them i caught one fish but it was the wrong species because we were only counting bass um you know, I couldn't get on any bass at all, you know, and I, I, I covered water. Like I put the work in and, you know, I, we just had a great time with it, but, but you, Sean had brought up something. You said that there's gotta be some type of a, like a food challenge that you can be part of, uh, yes. and, and get that involved with. So that got me kind of thinking, um, so, you know, yeah, yeah, he said, so full disclosure here, again, uh, shifting, moving aside the beef curtain here so you guys know what's going on. During that clip, Sean and I were talking back and forth in a little private chat over here uh, as things were going on about some items. And, and he mentions that there's got to be a friendly food-based competition that he can get involved in, um, you know, in, in for 2021. So I think the food challenge is a Rocky Mountain Oyster uh, food challenge. And for those that don't know what a Rocky Mountain Oyster is, Google it. 
<laughs> It'll be an educational experience for everybody involved. So I think uh, what we'll probably end up doing is getting a group of people together locally. I don't think this is something that we should do with listeners all over the place. It'll be too hard to manage the penalty, right? Penalty or the reward, whatever you want to call it. Well, it'll be a penalty. Trust me. Have you ever had uh, Rocky Mountain oysters? No. Are they that bad? Do, 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 you, do, do you like things that are metallic tasting? Metallic? Yeah. A lot of minerals Ugh. going on there. Ugh. Get ready. Can we deep fry them? I can fry oh, that's them, right? they, they are. They are deep fried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All absolutely. Right. Yeah. They'll be deep fried. As long as I can prepare them my own way, yeah, I will. We'll do it. But they're we'll uh, it. they're significant, and uh, so so we came up with as th- this this clip was playing, we had various names uh, that were thrown out there for the name of that challenge, and we're just going to throw it out here right now. And I know if anybody's listening to this, we're probably going to go ahead and, and and put this together. But there's two things that we need. Uh, first off, we ne- we need to bring somebody in with some culinary background. Like, I want these to be the best five-star testicles you've ever had in your mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. I want them to be the best. Like, enjoy them as much as possible, you know? So maybe we can partner with uh, a local restaurant or something like that. We'll handle acquiring the nuts and then, you know, <laughs> having a professional kind of put these together. So we'll figure out the, the details, but I think I think we got to brand the hell out of it. So uh, first, first name that came up was uh, Balls in Your Court Challenge. And then uh, I switched that around to balls in your mouth challenge uh then we got this this is a good one deep balling challenge 21 <laughs> uh i also put balls deep 21 and, and misspelled balls with b-a-w-l-z uh the the balls deep nibbler off we've got nibbler balls it could be a good nibbler competition nibble these nuts we got uh put ball bull balls in your mouths 2021 uh to 2021 spring sack off uh balling with bass catching cojones large mouth and big old balls this is probably going to be the winner scrotes and boats probably so lmbs and d's at this point nelson came into the house and i read them to him and he was laughing yes yeah. Okay. There's probably going to be a, uh, a a short run limited edition T-shirt that goes along with this. Oh my god. Um. It. I think it's going to be really good. So that's that's. I think it, it needs to happen. So I think we'll we'll compile these these items and we'll put them out uh, for a little bit of a poll on our Instagram, and you guys can kind of get uh, get put put a little bit of uh, of your own uh, input into what we're going to title this 2021 food challenge here. Because I'll tell you what. If if there is one type of a challenge or, or one type of a competition that I can get behind, it is something that involves creating content. <laughs> I'm all, I'm I'm hundred percent into it, especially with food. The whole time uh, the whole time we were recording, we should make note that you and I, while the, during the longer clips, ran to and from our refrigerators. We're eating things on mute because yep. it's the day after Christmas and there's leftovers everywhere. Yeah, we yeah, did that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yep. and, and sending text messages with scrotes and boats and scrotes. I, I have my, LMBs and Ds. <laughs> my my vision is I think that it's either going to be balls deep twenty one or scrotes and boats. I have a feeling it's one of those LMBs and Ds is pretty good, but scrotes and boats. There's artwork that could go along with that. How I'm about LM LMDs? LMDs. That's pretty good. Then we could just make it a large mouth only fight. 
fight to the death for testicles. Yeah, yeah we got options here. Idea. LMDs. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what have I just got myself into? Metallic. I love. Yeah, uh, well, all, all organ meats have like a minerally kind of taste. It's like you know you've eaten liver, right? Oh God, no, no, no I've never eaten liver. Nope. You've never Hold eaten on. liver, Nelson. You ever eat nuts? Not nuts, nuts. Yeah, like bull nuts. No, Nelson has never eaten bull nuts no? either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all the organ meats have a little bit of like mineralness. Like sometimes it's like it's like licking an iron fence. It's so, sometimes it's so. <laughs> You know? Sounds like you have experience doing that. I, I am an adventurous uh, eater. I have had, uh, uh, qu- I've had, I've had liver many times in my life from various creatures. Right. Um, you know, yeah, it's just the way that that the organ meats work. But uh, yeah, the testicles are are. are cr- have I had Rocky Mountain oysters? I don't know. I don't think I have. If I if I did, they weren't deep fried. We're not putting hot sauce on them. No, I mean, I, I honestly, I think, I think, I think what we're going to end up doing is having like, you know, uh, if we're going to do this, I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to end up a lot like the bomb hot sauce challenge, where sure the losers have to do whatever, but I have a feeling everybody involved is going to get in on the action. So there's probably going to be a shore full of anglers with balls in their mouth at one point or another. And and on top of that, if you want to really throw something in there, hit the drums. Got a freezer full of kielbasa. There you go. That's true. Yeah. Ball, balls and chaff 21. <laughs> L- L- Nelson Nelson L- just giggled, just so you're aware. <laughs> it's the L- LMD's fishing tournament and uh and 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 and, and post uh rap party will be a sausage party. Yeah. That's what we'll do. It'll be fun. We're freaking idiots. Yes, we are. Oh, but yeah, so that clip, it was a doozy, but there's a lot in there. There really, really is. There's a a shitload in there. And then what's interesting is even the talk about the tournament. Like, did you catch that? How we were talking about how we wanted to do, start doing some tournament stuff in there. And look at where we are now. Like, that was one of the first things that kind of hit me when I when I went through that clip beforehand. When we started listening to this, I was like, man, that's crazy. Like, we were talking about wanting to have an actual, like, rigid outline tournament practice that we were directly involved in. And here you are now, tour, uh, tournament director for the western part of the state of the MAKB trail. That's huge. And look at you, because you're going to be involved in any of the events for it, which is what yeah, you love to death. Exactly. So. Yeah, this is going to be a, a nice, big, fun. I mean, it's going to be a learning experience, but it's oh, definitely yeah. going to be fun to see what options are available. Will Bobby Roast Beef zip by on a jet ski to try and do on-air interviews? It's possible. You know, oh, I'm glad you mentioned that oh. because there was an episode, I forget when it was, but I wanted to bring this up and I kept forgetting about it. Um, and I'm curious if I'm the only one, but I have seen specifically on my Facebook feed, on my news feed, a ridiculous amount of ads from Sea-Doo. About what for fishing? A fishing jet ski. Yeah, I'm out. Oh, I'm out too. 
Well, it's on the ocean. They can go on the ocean. That, it, that way, at least, you know, it's like there's a, fair, there's a fair chance a great white will mistake him for a seal out here on the coast of New England. It's um, I'm out, too. I mean, I think it's I think it like I, I have a feeling this is something that was supposed to come out like some point in 2020 and didn't. And I think it it looks like some promotional videos have been around for a, a year or, or even a little more. And now it seems like they're rolling out and starting to push for this. I mean, it's I think is it like six or seven grand? To get into one of these, I just, I just, just, just out of curiosity, I I decided to take a look at it and see what I'm like, why would you do that? Like, I would just get a boat. I would just get a boat. Like if you're going to make that much of a, of a financial commitment or save yourself half and get a power kayak, cause you can do that for half the price. What is, uh, what does it have? Fish finders on it? What, what, what I, is this thing? I don't think it's equipped for anything. I think that it has <laughs> honest, honestly, I think it has like, like two rod holders. Um, and it's, it seems like it has a larger platform, but it still has a bench style seat that you sit on. You basically straddle, but it still goes the entire duration. It also has a couple of spots where you can add a cooler and, uh, and you know, you can, you can add a cooler to it to use it as a live well or for bait or anything like that. So, I mean, I get it. Like it's, it seems like it's just got a couple of accessories that are in there. It's not really anything that I think would lend itself to any kind of actual angling. And I mean, you know, for that, for that amount of money, that amount of investment, I, I kind of floored me, but I was, I, I kept forgetting about it. And then when you mentioned jet skis, I'm like, Oh no, 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 that's it. And that, that ain't happening. I hope the dealership provides a lube because whoever buys, it's going to need it. <laughs> um, you, so you haven't seen this ad? No. Yeah. I was just curious if it was just me. And I, I wonder why, like, I don't know what I, I haven't even considered jet skis. I don't think I've even really spoken much about jet skis. Even if you thought loud. about it, Google can read your thoughts at this point, and Facebook can too. So the minute that that joke of an idea of the Bobby Roast Beef Jet Ski Fishing League popped into your head, yeah, damn, done. Yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, I was just curious if you had seen it because it looks like it's it's rough, and I'm like, I looked into it. I was like, I wonder what's this look like what what would this do for your typical you know angler that's on the bank that wants to get off of the bank like what would that look like for them and i'm like i don't i can't think of anybody who would drop you know six grand five grand even if it was even that cheap and they were able to get into it. i can't think of anybody who would do that when you could just get like an old town power kayak for half that price i can think of plenty of people that would do it i just don't know their names <laughs> Yeah. We see jet skiers all the time, and I and and yeah, you know, know people are bringing fishing rods out there. I've seen videos of it on YouTube. I have seen a couple people yeah. do it, but I feel like it's more novelty than anything. People would do it. Yeah. I guarantee it. I, I, I guarantee yeah. we would see the recreational uh, craft that we normally would see. People would get that. Yeah, I don't know. I bet, I bet it would happen. Sucks, uh, but yeah, I'm like at that point, I would, I would, I mean, it just seems like you've got money to burn at that point. It's I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, so yeah, I think that about yeah. does it. I mean, do we have anything that we have to go over? Things that are coming up. I have a couple of guests that are are you know uh, scheduled for some other good stuff shortly. I'm actually recording an interview Monday, and then I have a couple more that still need to get scheduled. I know we still got to talk with Casey Reed to get that all squared away, and so I mean, we've got we've got stuff coming up. Um, you guys go ahead and uh, enjoy yourselves, uh, you know, and enjoy this this Christmas vacation, if you will, and uh, have a happy new year. Sean, you have anything you want to wrap with? 
Hope everybody enjoyed the recap. Uh, we thought this year was great. Thanks for listening. And that's all I got, man. Yeah. Get ready for 2021. It can't be as bad as this. God, did I just jinx us? Yeah, I know. Good job. Uh, Good job. I should know better bees from New England. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Have have a happy new year, everybody. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, take good care of each other. We'll see you guys in uh, 2021 for more Jigs and Bigs goodness. And uh, like we say at the end of every single episode, tight lines.